Well, Starfield is finally here. Early access is live. Reviews are in the wild. I've actually played the game myself, and I can safely say, along with the general consensus of most of the reviews, that this is not the game many of us were hoping for. Some of us tried to draw attention to the concerns and the performance, tiles, exploration, other elements that seemed to be limited, and we were dismissed as haters. And now, the truth is clearly seen. Virtually all of my concerns Concerns and observations were on target, and some were merely scratching at the surface. Is Starfield a bad game? Well, no. It seems to be considered a good or okay game by most of the review outlets, which is decidedly lower than the rabid fans were predicting where it would land. Time and time again, I said not to hype up this game, and that it would likely land in the mid to high 80s. I even said you'd probably see it in the 88 to 89 range. That's a solid, and that is a respectable score. But that's not a next-gen game score or a generation-defining game score. Not something that you would expect from everything that we have heard and all of the hype leading up to its release. It's not a console mover, even in the most remotest of senses. It's just another good RPG from Bethesda, and it might not even be that good of an RPG according to some of the reviews. And that's okay. But for many... This is a little earth-shattering after all the hope that they had placed in Starfield. Now, I'm going to put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video. That way, you don't have to go looking for it. It's sort of an opening monologue. It'll be a little bit longer, but if you like this kind of content, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss out on my content. So Starfield has landed, and maybe not as triumphantly as many wanted it to land, but it has indeed landed, at least in early access. The reviews are in, the Metacritic and the Open Critic scores are mostly settled, and YouTubers are able to finally public and publicize their lengthy reviews. And the verdict is okay, ranging from the highest of praise to the unimpressive and boring. The game is not doing bad by any stretch, but it certainly isn't doing that great either. The nature of the game and the size of the game has been basically combed over for hundreds of hours by multiple review outlets of varying size and publication. I wanted to walk through some of the reviews and I really think reflect on why this game is not soaring as high as many people were hoping for. So first, I want to do a bit of a review roundup. Folks like Maddie Plays, Force Gaming, and even Digital Foundry have broken down this game rather extensively. There was even a clip from Alana Pierce that was surfacing. There was footage from Jess Corden that I'm going to reference. I'm going to include folks like Maddie though because he had really high hopes and expectations for this game and he's a really big Bethesda guy. Second, I played the game, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on my brief time with it. I didn't get into early access until 8 p.m. Eastern, so I'm going to be diving back in this afternoon to play it with the live audience. And then lastly, I'm going to give you sort of my verdict and my thoughts on what I think happened with this game. Why is it so constrained? Why are there so many rough edges inside a game that spoke about unparalleled freedom and exploration? So, I'm basically saying this is not the game that we thought it was, and let me take you on a little journey. So first, let's just start with the review roundup. At the time of writing this, which is was like last night, Starfield had an 88 on Metacritic for PC, and that was from 50 
Metacritic reviews. It had an 87 on Metacritic for Xbox out of 51 reviews. So basically an 87 and 88, virtually tied. It currently has an 88 on Open Critic, and that's from 97 total critics. So I said 88 would be where it would land it. I mean, I didn't think I was going to hit such an amazing bullseye. Now that is again before all of the outlets have reviewed it. There are, I don't know, tons of outlets with Xbox in their name that are giving this a 100 or a 10 out of 10. But the other outlets that have not yet been given a code or been given access, they will likely weigh in. I actually don't think it's going to be able to maintain the 88. I think it's actually going to slip a little bit lower, but I generally think it's going to land in the mid to high 80s after it's all said and done. It's safe to say that the game is landing where many of us predicted, but not necessarily where others were saying it would be. I had a lot of folks who kept asking me to pick a score, and then we saw people picking scores online in the mid to high 90s, and I just said, listen, I'm not going to move goalposts on this. I think that's a good score if it lands in the mid to high 80s. The expectations for this game are massive. The aspiration of this game and what it's setting out to do is rather significant. But it starts to get a little bit more interesting when you really look at the invested YouTubers and Bethesda fans as they start to weigh in. Let's start with Maddie Plays. If there was anybody that I expected to really fall in love with this game, it was Maddie. Bethesda does have a charm. There is a Bethesda charm, and folks are bigger fans of that charm than others. It's safe to say that Maddie is, you know, smitten with the Bethesda charm since its earliest of stages. I think his review was quite good. He really referenced the history of the company and the history of the games that they have made. I encourage you to go check out his review. But from the start, he really just considers this his own impressions. He, he sort of gives you a nutshell of his thoughts and then is very critical throughout the review. And he's only put in only about 70 hours and he sees this as not a full review yet and his nutshell statement was starfield is a game that i really like it's great most of the time but compared to fallout and elder scrolls and how i feel about those games i can't say right now that i love starfield now he leaves room for the fact that he could fall in love with the game later currently he thinks there are too many snags and issues for that to happen he seemed to really want to stress that he doesn't dislike the game because he is very critical of it it's not that he dislikes it it's just he doesn't particularly love it he starts out by saying that the start of his experience was very hit and miss it was around 20 hours in the 20 hour mark when he started to have more fun than he was like he really wasn't having all that much fun the the main story is what he said really changed things now keep in mind this is a big time Bethesda fan saying that he wasn't really having fun until after about 20 hours he said the intro to the game scared him and that the big step out moment where you're like you're like oh you can go anywhere you want and do anything you want he just said that never really happened a lot of hand-holding tutorials very far into the game. It's a very directional game, a very directed game. And this stands out to him because he's a veteran Bethesda fan. Now, that may not stand out to others, but people buying this game in large number are probably Bethesda fans. He does think that the main story is the best Bethesda story, and it is just a great story in general. He's not just saying, oh, it's a great Bethesda story, but he says, in general, it's a very, very good story. He didn't want to spoil New Game Plus. Uh, Force Gaming goes into details about that. If you want details on New Game Plus, there's a timestamp on Force Gaming's video. I'm not going to give you details, but they both were very impressed with the New Game Plus system and how it worked. And 
Maddie really felt, though, that questing drives the game more than exploration. This is in line with what all of the other reviews I looked at are saying. Exploration is not really all what it's cracked up to be, but the questing is really the draw, right? He felt discouraged by how little exploration seemed to matter. The few times he sort of broke from the main quest path, he just felt it was pointless and then just was, like, regretting it. Like, oh, I just should have stuck to the main path and gone back to what I was doing. When I touch on some things Force Gaming said, you'll see some commonality here. Even with all the hubbub about tiles and invisible boundaries... He said he still wanted a vehicle for the vast stretches of land with literally nothing in them that he had to traverse in his time with the game. He spoke about space exploration being a letdown, feeling more like an interactive menu. And then Alana Pierce had a clip that sort of went viral. Not from herself. She ended up publishing it on YouTube, but this is one of the dilemmas right now of Twitter Blue and being able to get money off of other people's content, right? Somebody clipped her, and the, and the clip was going pretty viral on Twitter that pretty much confirms that even when you're in space, it's quite limited. We, we've already kind of learned about how that works on the planets, right? But she showcased how you really can't fly any closer to the planets. There is no, like, like close to the atmosphere flight. The, the planets are just sort of out in the distance like a skybox. You just sort of move, move closer to debris or ships that you are fighting, but the planet is not actually there. Now, this makes my issue with the tiles and the planets, quote, not really existing was what I said. It's even more profound that I said that because it's actually true. Like, they're not really there. They're not physically taking up space. You cannot really get closer to them. The vastness of space, the size and the scope of the planets quickly becomes very flat even in my own limited experience i definitely felt that it was like i was just a planet way out in the distance can't really get close to it now the most concerning part about maddie's review was that he really started to praise and enjoy the game when he stuck to the quests he basically stopped exploring or worrying about space exploration and he just started landing and going for questing you'll hear a common theme in force gaming's comments that i'm going to go to in a moment in line with what maddie is saying right Now, if that's cool for you, go for it. But that is not how this game was sold or marketed, right? When he touched on dialogue, he actually felt that backgrounds and traits were not utilized enough. And while there was no shortage of dialogue, he felt that he spoke to people more than shooting. And he actually enjoyed it. He said that the dialogue elements were excellent. And the Persuasion minigame was okay. Now, when it comes to performance and 30 FPS, he said he didn't notice, even though he's not a 30 FPS defender. He said it ran well and virtually all reviews are saying the game runs smooth, which, let's be honest, it should run smooth. 1440-30 FPS on the Series S is not impressive. It's not proving me wrong in my predictions. It's actually proving me right. Getting a stable 30 FPS is something that I experienced on my PlayStation 4 Pro with old-gen games like Spider-Man. So when you consider how every review I looked at mentions the litany of loading screens... The fact that this thing is running smooth is not a testament to anything. It's basically an old-gen game with lots of loading screens, and the fact that you're getting 1440-30, well, it better run smooth. That's, that again, that's like old-gen performance. 
Maddie said that he felt like every five seconds there was loading screens on Neon and it really broke the flow. But when it comes to bugs, he said it was relatively bug free. This is a common theme in virtually all of the reviews. I don't really know why we're giving them credit for having less bugs than previously or a small amount of bugs. That's generally the expectation I have. I understand that in games of this size, we should be a little bit tolerant of bugs, but giving people points for not having as many bugs as your previous games is a weird way to score a game. So when it comes to the combat, though, he said that the AI in combat mostly sucks. When you improve the gunplay, he says, but the enemies attacking you are not a threat, it really takes you out of things. That's what he said. He also said, quote, I can't shake off how bad of a time I had with combat AI. And I sort of said I anticipated AI being one of the things that people would say was a negative. Now he said patches made minor improvements to enemy combat, but he didn't really specify how. Uh, It didn't seem like they improved much at all. He didn't really give specific examples. And he did feel that ship combat and dogfights were the game's highlights. Jez Corden said something similar uh, on Twitter. He said that the more difficult fights are enjoyable and tactical. My little bit of time with flying, I like the whole like managing power and switching systems, but it is slow. I, it didn't seem all that intense. It really didn't seem all that different than, than the experiences I've had in No Man's Sky. Arguably, I think No Man's Sky might be a little bit smoother, but again, in the beginning stages, you've not invested in your ship much, and that could be part of the power fantasy, right? <clears throat> you invest in your ship more, and then it gets stronger, and you can you know fly a little bit better and shoot a little bit better. My own impression from the footage was that the fighting just sort of looked bland like the rest of the game. And my concern is that the reason people are highlighting ship combat as being such a highlight, I'm worried that the rest of the game is so bland and so disappointing and the combat AI is so awful that it makes the ship combat feel like an oasis in a desert. Uh, now he did say, Matt, he said shipbuilding and outpost building is later game stuff. He actually found shipbuilding in the interiors to be great. I can second that. The interiors of the ship are rather awesome. That's one of my favorite parts of the sort of art direction of this game. The weapon crafting, he said, was superior to the few named weapons that he found. So he said there was very few named weapons. I'll say itemization in the early game is terrible. Like I got the same helmet three or four times in a row. One was gray, one was blue, one was purple, and it looked the exact same for a game that's been in development this long I I don't know why you wouldn't have a little bit of early game diversity it's like hey it's going up to a purple level version of the helmet you couldn't change the color Uh, you couldn't change the the, the physicality of it I'm not really sure what the deal with that is that's that's a disappointment that I have but he even said that the, the lack of named items was a disappointment for him and that the crafting of items was significantly better now he did hit level 30 he said he didn't feel OP it feels like you won't get godlike until new game plus now my biggest concern is and and worry is even as he ends his review as a big bethesda fan he took a long time to get to a place where he was having a good time and he still only imagines that he will fall in love but again that requires more time i'm thinking that many players simply will not make it that far so i wanted to spend a little bit more time on maddie because i think he's probably one of the fairest reviews we could go to. Like, this guy had every reason to be like, it's a Bethesda game, it's great, I love Bethesda, and I think in light of the fact that they're really building on their legacy, I think his review is one of the most reliable ones for Bethesda fans. But, let's go to somebody who had a much better time with the game, Force Gaming. 
we're going to look at Force Gaming before we look at Digital Foundry, okay? Now, on the topic of exploration, uh, he very much echoes Maddie. okay? The game is quest-driven. You, uh, you typically land very close to your quest objective. He talked about that. Like, he would land on a planet, and then the objective would be right there. This will likely keep most of the obvious, uh, audience, I'm sorry, oblivious to the invisible boundaries that we previously discussed. So much that Force said he didn't see any of the invisible boundaries in his two weeks with the game. Now, we've had other people say it only took them two minutes to find the boundary, so maybe it's random, maybe where you land, I don't know. But it did it did really sound like he described a content loop where he would land, everything that he needed to do was relatively close to where he landed, he would do that, 15 minutes up to maybe an hour sometimes on a particular quest he would do a little bit of exploring and wandering and then he would leave right now I actually think that a lot of people are going to play the game in this way and then they're just never going to see those boundaries force really felt that with respect to shooting this was the best Bethesda game with respect to the shooting okay and that's not surprising I anticipated people saying that like oh it's the best Bethesda shooter he actually spent much of his time shooting in combat he liked it a bit more than the melee he made virtually no mention of how bad the AI was and I honestly think this is no shade to force I think many people are going to do that they're going to quest they're going to run they're going to shoot they're going to run some more they're going to shoot some more and they're not really going to care that the AI is just sort of cannon fodder right they're just looking to have fun be a space pirate be a space cowboy and listen if the loop is satisfying you might not even notice that the ai is really stupid i played for a couple of hours and i couldn't help but notice how dumb they were okay it's pretty it's pretty bad uh but again you know maybe they can patch that with time and make it a bit better force had very high praise for the new game plus he really thinks this is where the game will start for many players i think a lot of people are getting discouraged and turned off by hearing that like well the game doesn't really start until the story's over and you got guys like this saying well the yeah, the new game plus is really when the game heats up well i mean that is uh that's very demanding of your time when he listed all the bad things he really reiterated the sentiment about exploration that we keep hearing he sort of bemoaned how much fast traveling that you do we heard from other reviewers that going to your ship and getting into your ship it just becomes so tedious you skip that altogether. you can skip like two or three loading screens by just fast traveling everywhere again I think that really grates against the marketing and what they, sh- they, they sold us a lot of exploration right is what you're going to be doing you're really just fast traveling from location to location he did say something that lined up with my feelings about the game graphically he said that sometimes it looks great beautiful even and other times it just looks bad bland and washed out and i agree with him even in my own short short play time with the game i go from being like wow look how beautiful this game is to being like what's going on this looks like an old gen game it's very sharp juxtaposition i'll talk about that more in a minute now he ended by saying overall He's obsessed with the game. He's going to play it for years to come on and off. And it really felt like this was because he did not anticipate liking it very much, right? He did not think he was going to like this game. When you contrast Force Gaming with Maddie, you really get a sense of where this game's going to land. On the spectrum of like big Bethesda fan with high expectations. And then somebody's like, I don't even know if I'm going to like this. You can definitely see maybe the more casual, the more mid lane players are going to fall in love with this game, especially because it's more quest driven than exploration driven. The question is, are those the type of players that are going to devote long hours to the game? Now we need to discuss Digital Foundry, okay? 
because a lot of people don't see that video for what it is. And I'm telling you, you're you're running you're running to the goal and thinking you're kicking one in and you're actually kicking it in your own goal. Nobody understands that video just yet. Let me explain. After about 20 hours on console, they said they encountered no bugs or glaring issues. John Linneman felt that the graphics were good and exceeded Bethesda's previous works by a large margin. Keep in mind, he's referencing a bunch of old-gen games there. I don't think this game is particularly or consistently good looking there are moments where it looks very good but it is not consistent some planets look downright awful and i don't mean like the plant life i mean they look terrible it's very bizarre some of the places look absolutely beautiful and stunning and almost even handcrafted even and then other places look like i'm playing a, literally a last gen game so he did highlight how the game is highly segmented it's riddled with loading screens He said you get a very similar experience on both consoles, and this is what people keep running to. They're like, you said it was going to run bad on the Series S, it's running fine on the Series S. I'm going to get to that in a moment. I do not think people realize what's going on here. He did highlight that both the draw distance and the foliage was toned down on the Series S. He said he didn't notice any major texture or graphical differences. That is so key. Remember that. He didn't notice any major texture or graphical differences okay (laughs) i feel much of the game's graphics and textures are dated and not high res or next gen looking that's me talking i really feel like that's what's going on here remember the series x is running this at 4k versus the 1440 on the series s and they look similar okay i don't see this as a win that the xbox fans think it is okay i predicted it would run poorly on the s that was before we knew the game was riddled with loading screens was very limited and was capped at 30 fps i was basing that off of like the very first showcase footage that we got it looked ambitious it looked huge it looked graphically strong And now that it's arrived, the graphics have been toned down, we have a 30 FPS cap, and we have loading screens all over the place. It's basically an old-gen game. Like, this is not a game that's showcasing any next-gen power at all. It seems that they settled for washed-out colors, bland, flat textures, and 30 FPS to keep the Series S and the X looking similar. As far as I can tell, when you're playing on the Series X... You're playing the Series S version of the game with an uptick in resolution. That's it. The textures aren't any different. Like, the lighting's not any different. There's no difference. You're playing a Series S version of this game. That's why it doesn't look that impressive. That's why it only looks good in certain circumstances when everything's been sort of either penned in or crafted in a way to look very vibrant. But then you go to other areas, and it's just very, very clear. You are dealing with the version of the game that I feel has been significantly dumbed down from what we first saw. John Linneman said that even the Xbox Series X looks a bit blurry at times, even though it's running at the higher res. I'm telling you, that's because you're basically you're basically running a Series S version on your X. That's what I believe. I do not believe there's any significant leverage or uptick on the Series X at all. I think the Series S was the priority. Yeah, it runs smooth. 1440-30 is not impressing anybody in 2023. So... The Series S is actually rendering internally at 900p. The Series X is rendering internally at 1440p. Try to remember this the next time you guys want to run with like clickbait headlines and tweets about internal resolution instead of display resolution, right? Remember all that with Final Fantasy? Yeah, should we just say that it's running at 900p then on the Series S, right? Is that okay? No, internal to upscale is a common theme but try to keep that in mind the next time you try to cherry pick a stat on another game because it didn't land on your favorite console right 
all games are upscaling. It's not a big deal. He did say that Starfield hits a solid 30 FPS for pretty much everything you do. There were some frame issues. They were pretty minor. He had some issues in, like, the cities and stuff. When I first saw Eclipse emerge, I thought the frame issues were throughout the game. They're mainly only in the cities. Now, I would imagine they're going to try to patch this because I actually think some of the hitches in the cities were pretty bad. Thankfully, it's only in those places. At the end of the matter, championing the Series S running Starfield well at 1440-30, I just don't think that's the win that you think it is. We were told that the Series S would be a 1440 box, that it would run everything the same as the native 4K up to 120 box in the Series X. And you have a game riddled with loading screens, it's heavily segmented, it's capped at 30 FPS, the graphics are not that impressive, and you're having to run it at 1440-30, okay? That's just not impressive, I just do not think that is something to celebrate. It better run consistently consistently when the bar is so low. Like, the bar is so low. Imagine celebrating this on any other console right now. That it, there's tons of loading screens, and there's no ray tracing, and it's capped at 30 FPS, and the graphics are good, but not great, uh, and, and we can get it to run at a consistent 30. You wouldn't celebrate that anywhere else okay you're only celebrating that because you've got to figure out a way to defend this situation you're basically bragging about the series s running old gen performance and i just don't get why people think that's a win all right now let's move on to my impressions that's what you want to know right what's reforge gaming think he's a starfield hater after all yes i i ordered the collector's editions because i you know because i hate starfield so I tried this on my Xbox Series X, and I tried it on my PC with a 2080 Ti. It took me maybe five minutes of tinkering on my PC to get stable 60 FPS in the in like the opening area. It's that area where you go out and you talk to the guy that lands. It's it's big, so I was able to test it. I was in the 40s and 50s. Everything was kind of set to high. I just bumped everything to medium, and I I was getting 60. Now I've not gone anywhere else. I've not gone any other planets. But I was like, listen, I will at least want to have base level 60 FPS from the beginning. See if I can tinker and get this thing running well. My rig is good. It's not one of the monster rigs you're going to see these guys running like on a, like on a 40 series card. Okay, now. I didn't do anything in the major cities yet, so we'll see if that holds up when I play later today. The Series X, as soon as I moved, it was very noticeable, okay? I actually think the game in the areas where it's especially good-looking and the lighting is very nice, I actually think that makes the 30 FPS worse, and I'm going to explain about that in a minute, okay? But the lighting, right, how crisp the environments and the textures look, it actually makes the 30 FPS more noticeable. So like Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, it was noticeable, but I felt like the lower resolution and the lack of detail, it almost hides it, right? Not everything is so beautiful, so when you move, it's not as jarring. The blurriness or the stuttery nature of 30 FPS, it's way more noticeable when you go from everything looking very pretty and very crisp to looking not like that at all it's just it's again it's way more noticeable because this game in many of the circumstances is quite good looking and to the people saying that they don't mind this or that they don't notice 30 fps listen i'm happy for you in some respects i'm jealous right i sat down in my living room last night on my big huge tv and it was really hard to take it was super bad looking it looked so Old. It just looked old. I, 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 there's so many words to use. Stuttery, blurry, old. It just doesn't look crisp. You stand still and everything looks great, right? Dismissing this, dismissing this as fake outrage has to be one of the most egregious exercises in selling out 
and burning any shred of journalistic credibility that may have been remaining. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Seeing outlets and seeing people that are supposed to be journalists, like, act like this is fake outrage. Like, why go to such great lengths to defend a company rather than hold them accountable, okay? To a certain extent, you're, you're supposed to be answering to the public. You're supposed to be reporting the facts. Just what an embarrassment some of these people and outlets have become. Just gaming outlets and gaming journalists who at this point are just AdSense farming as a blogger. You're not a journalist if this is how you're going to act. You should be the first in line to hold these companies accountable for their marketing. Not to turn around and besmirch and talk down to the public for being irritated about something that goes against all of the marketing of something that they paid good money for, okay? Be better. After just a few hours in Starfield, I have yet to see or experience anything that warrants a 30 FPS cap. There's nothing in this game that is groundbreaking or earth-shattering. I've played plenty of next-gen titles up to this point. This game's not doing anything that is that special. It just isn't. That's not hate. That's just honest feedback. I didn't once walk away from a single encounter in Starfield and say, that's why it's 30 FPS. That was totally worth it. It's just a very pretty Bethesda RPG. Like, that's essentially what it is. That's not a slam, but like, there's nothing groundbreaking here. It's capped at 30 FPS as far as I can tell because of the lighting system decisions that they made. As far as I can tell, it's a resource hog and it makes performance very difficult. Now, I can see why some other reviews talked about this thing moving slow in the beginning it's really slow it's really awkward like you're just kind of walking around listening to people talk it doesn't flow that well sometimes the npcs get confused and they don't move they don't they don't they don't advance uh so i can see why people felt that way the shooting and the movement it's very bethesda i i don't think the shooting feels that great i do though think guns feel way better once you get like an SMG and a shotgun the laser cutter that they start you with and that little sidearm those are terrible choices for starting weapons they truly feel awful like as soon as I got an SMG I was like oh I was like the the shooting in this is very tolerable so the one you're going to see here that's the one to be on the lookout for get get something like that and you're going to immediately feel like okay the shooting is quite a bit better the laser cutter and sidearm are just they're truly terrible right now the game it does go from gorgeous to looking like an old gen game the juxtaposition is very jarring textures go from crisp and detailed to flat muted bland almost looking low resolution npcs in the cities look rigid they look almost placed nothing feels organic or natural it's very video gamey it's very bethesda feeling okay it doesn't feel next gen at all It just feels like they made everything kind of bigger and brighter. Like, it's got pretty moments. But again, I just, I don't see a consistency in the graphical fidelity at all. Ultimately, I get why many reviewers were talking as if they had to kind of force themselves to push on, hoping that it would get better. It doesn't start particularly strong. I definitely feel the draw to press on, but I resonate with the feeling of many of the reviewers. And I need to address the Series S performance. With very little doubt in my mind, I believe the Series S played a huge role here. The constraints of this game are linked to the creation engine, no doubt. It's an older engine. I'm not seeing evidence of a ton of updates. It does look better, but I do think the Series S played a role. Digital Foundry makes it very clear. The Series X has not been leveraged at all. At all. 
you're basically playing the Series S version with the res bump. There's no other major benefits. So if people think a loading screen riddled inconsistent graphics, 30 FPS capped game running smooth on the S is an achievement, well, my predictions about the game running poorly on the S were based on everything we saw early. Before the graphical downgrades, before we knew the entire game was capped at 30, before we knew there was tons of loading screens, I thought this game's going to struggle to run. I didn't realize they were going to shrink the game down to basically run like an old gen game. That's not an achievement. Now, if this is the standard for next-gen Xbox games going forward, then I have a lot of fear about Fable, Avowed, and most of all, Hellblade 2. If you're basically making games for the S, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in those games looking and running all that well. In the kind of funny interview, Phil Spencer said they did a better job with Starfield getting involved earlier versus Redfall, and I think it's very telling here. He said that Starfield was, quote, earlier on in production, and this quote is particularly damning. He said it was, quote, easier for us to kind of swarm a bunch of people to go and kind of help with some of the technology on our platform and ensure that we are going to ship a quality experience. What technology is he referring to? What technology did they leverage in the Series X? He's not talking about the Series X. He's talking about the Series S. I cannot help but see a parallel to the Baldur's Gate 3 situation. Why would you send a bunch of Xbox devs to Bethesda early on in the development of the game? Like, what's the emergency? What's the impetus for that? Was Bethesda lost? Were they in need of help? They they weren't doing well? Like, they've been working on Starfield all this time, and as soon as you buy them, you swarm the place? Why? I think there was a new technology introduced to the equation they needed help with, the Series S. I firmly believe the reason Microsoft almost reactively sent a bunch of developers to help Bethesda with Starfield was the Series S. They sent a bunch of people to other studios before. Have they done that? I don't think so, other than Baldur's Gate 3, and we know why they did that. I hate that this is where my mind goes. But I can't help but look at Starfield and see it as a concept rather than a game. All the systems are segmented. Nothing seems to flow together. It seems like more of an idea of a game than a fully realized game. It's impossible me. It's impossible for me to not look at the marketing and the vision for Starfield and see what it could have been rather than what it is. So again, is it a bad game? No. No. All the scores are generally solid. Yes, it's a a solid game. It's not a terrible game. But is it the game of a generation? Is it the game that I was hoping for? No. Not by a long shot. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. That's a long one. I had a lot to cover. There's so much to this game. Obviously, I've got theories about the S. We need to look at review outlets and things like that. But overall... Overall, I think Starfield is a game worth playing, okay, with a lot of qualification. It really does feel like an old-gen game that wants to be a next-gen game. Like when, like, a younger kid puts his dad's clothes and his shoes on, you can see that it just doesn't really fit. Some of the areas are truly beautiful and even screenshot-worthy, but it honestly feels like an old engine, old game tropes, and old mechanics periodically wrapped in very pretty wrapping paper. Second thing I want to say is anybody looking for a Bethesda game in space, I think you'll be elated and likely you won't need another game for a very long time. But even by Bethesda standards, there are elements in this game that fall well below what I would consider to be good. And judging it against old Bethesda games can feel unfair because 
Skyrim and Fallout are almost monolithic historically, but much of this feels like they didn't really take any steps forward. They just expanded outward. Yes, it's bigger, but is it better? Yes, it's prettier, but is it up to modern next-gen game standards in any capacity? My conclusion is this. I want to play more Starfield, but more out of curiosity than desire. Does it get better? Will it, will I turn a corner with this game? That isn't quite the same as other new game experiences. It's sort of they gnaw at your brain when you're not playing and you can't wait to dive back in later. I don't feel that with Starfield. So while the scores are landing where I thought they would, and I still think the scores are good and respectable, the game is landing quite a bit shorter than where I wanted it to for me personally. And as someone who anticipated the game, I'm more disappointed than satisfied. At the end of the day, scores on Metacritic are immaterial to your own experience. This is just one man's opinion in a sea of other opinions. So chart your own course. Tell your own story. Because ultimately, that's what Starfield and RPG games are all about. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. That was a really long one. I would love, uh, I would love to know what you guys think about this one. Uh, even the fans of the game, even the reviews of the game, uh, Maddie especially just seemed like he was really kind of having to push himself. He was worried, like twenty hours. Like it takes twenty hours to convince him uh, that the game is good, that the game is fun. That's a lot of hours. Um, that's a lot of hours. So I don't know if I can give a game 20 hours in, in, on that hope. I, I just, I don't know if I can give a game 20 hours on that hope. Um, so great show opening. Thank you. Let me go ahead and look here at the other page. Uh, Dewan Frankster, thanks so much for coming back in as a member. Silent Warrior, for two years of membership and a VIP, that's a red badge. Finally made it two years, got the red badge. Have a great stream. Thank you. $2 from Piers Taylor. Nipple renewed their membership. Okay, Miss R1 renewed their membership. $5 from Mike on a mic says, I'm dying right now. Severin Evans with a five spot. I'm having a good time mostly robbing people so far. Sorry to hear you aren't having a good time, Lono, but it is what it is. Maybe it grows on you. Thanks for the five spot. Crispy Bogod with 23 months says, if a game isn't exciting within the first 10 minutes, Lono doesn't like it. That's fair. That's your opinion as a busy family man, but you write games off so fast sometimes. I played for a couple of hours, so that's an incorrect assessment, and I've never written a game off after 10 minutes. That's also an incorrect assessment and summary of my history as a gamer. I do not appreciate the disrespect even with 23 months of memberships falsely summarizing how I interact with games is BS Abe with a gifted member DK Baker with a gifted member that's two gifted members on the day I I find it insulting that you would put that into the ether and into the ethos minutes into the show like minutes into the show I've never written a game off in 10 minutes I've consistently said if you can't capture me in the first one to two hours don't expect me to put in another 10 like don't expect me to put in another 10 I've never written a game off after 10 minutes. Hang on a second. I've I've never done that. I played for multiple hours last night. I played for multiple hours. Like, I, I, I don't feel the draw to come back. I played Armored Core for 30 minutes, and I have a draw to go back and play. Like, do you see the difference? Like... I played Final Fantasy 16. I played a, a VR game the other day, and it's like, I want to go back and play that some more. You see what I'm saying? There's a big difference. I'm not writing this game off, and I've never done that. Uh, a 10 spot from Chapter 8. 
In my opinion, it's solid. It will seem just okay or great for you based on what you subjectively like. Seems like people are being harsher than they otherwise would because the exception uh, was a 99, so less it seems like a flop. I mean, I've not tried to indicate it's a flop at all. It's not a flop. It's a good RPG from Bethesda. I mean, even against their older RPGs, somebody like Maddie's like, it doesn't stack up. Like, that's his opinion. Again, it starts out incredibly slow. He seemed to think, and Force Gaming seemed to think, that things really get good in the second playthrough. And it's like, well, that's not at all what the average person wants to hear. Mike on the mic with a five spot. Morning, y'all. Five spot from East Coast Overlord. Better than Baldur's Gate 3 and Armored Core 6. If not, I can wait till it's on sale. I highly doubt anybody's going to say that. They're very different games. Uh, pitting this game against Baldur's Gate 3 and Armored Core is really, really difficult. They're very different styles and approaches to games. Um... Iron Hand with a two-spot. I'll play for curiosity, not desired. Cloud Strife with eight months. Lona, you just dropped facts and went over a review from Maddie, who is truly invested in the game. It's eye-opening how people will still doubt the facts. 20-spot from Super Googly. Try FSR off on PC. Objects, textures, and mechanical movements look great on the 4090 and the FK Ultra, well above 60. Can't say the same for character models, though. They look like NPCs from 20 years ago. The NPCs sometimes look great, and other times they don't. They're also inconsistent. Mike on the mic gifted a membership. Hang on. I'm literally just hacking my way through Super Chats and Gifteds right now. I'm not even looking at chat. Uh, Johnson Lee became a member. Uh, I mean, can't jump back in as a member. Hayden with 15 months. I'm just going into Romance Sarah Morgan. And a two-spot from Richard Rodriguez. Xbox needs a plan for the future. The future is fuzzy. Didn't you build a new computer to play this? No, Snark, I'm curious how you feel about that now. Is it just different than it would have been on PC? No, I actually didn't beef up my PC. I didn't have time. And I got it to run perfectly fine on my PC. We're actually going to be playing it on PC this afternoon when we're done with this show. Like, again, there's so much about this game that makes it... It's like it makes it hard for you to enjoy it. Does that make sense? It's like it. It's like telling you... It's like it's telling you not to enjoy it. It's really weird. It's so hard to explain. I feel like I'm fighting with the game when I'm playing it. There's, there's this incessant amount of loading screens. And then the NPCs act kind of weird. And then the enemies are kind of dumb. And, and then flying is not that great. And then open world exploration is not that great. Like, you're just constantly being encouraged to be like, eh. Now, if you play it the way that, like, Force Gaming played it, and, and the way Maddie started to enjoy it is just questing, 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 you'll probably have a much better time. I'm just kind of not. Oh, who dropped a 10 bomb? Borbs with the 10 bomb on the gifted members. I am so sorry. That wasn't on my fan funding for some reason. Yeah, that wasn't on the fan funding page. I'm sorry about that, Borbs. Thank you for reminding me about the 10 bomb. Four months from Jeff Party. 87 is a good score. The problem is just not, it's just not as great as it was supposed to be. This game was talked about as the game of a generation. I'm torn because I told people, like, don't hype this game up, but even with my expectations of being like, it's going to be in the 80s, even I'm kind of like, yeah, it's still not what I was hoping for, like, at all. EX Scientist with a five spot. Does the Constellation Edition watch do anything with the game? I will return my delivery doesn't if it thanks. No, I don't. it doesn't do anything with the game. No, it'll sync up with your phone. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's certainly cool to to have the you know to have the watch while you're playing you know because it it, it, ma- it you know it matches the watch in the game and the little HUD down in the corner. 
but it doesn't do anything in the game, no. Subtext with the 10 spot. It's disappointing how restricted and menu-based exploration is, especially in space. Heard one kind of funny reviewer think it was a 2 out of 5 for the first 20 hours. May try it on Game Pass, but doesn't sound inviting. That's the other thing to consider. So many people say it takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a while. And it's like, do you think Game Pass gamers are going to put up with that? Do you think like a Game Pass gamer is going to play a game for 20 hours, hoping that it gets better? It starts out so slow and awkward. It really does. It's such an interesting choice. Like, I kind of respect the way that Bethesda tells stories, kind of in their own way. But I'm also like, bro, people are really going to get bored quick. It's really slow, clunky, like halting. You know what I mean? I, it's Game Pass gamers going to get a couple hours in and be like, I don't understand. What is, what is this? Now, I could be wrong. They could get a couple hours in and be like, this is great. I can play this in small doses. It's very quest-driven, right? They're not, they're not going to get swallowed by the futility of space, if that makes sense. King Sovereign with 11 months. I was watching someone review a small section of the game. The face viewed in the spacesuit in third person looked like a PNG plastered in a helmet. I didn't think that. I think the one, especially the one guy, looks really good in his helmet. Keeg the Geek, a dollar for each minute that you give the game a fair chance. Thank you for the 10 spot, <laughs> Keeg. Uh, Richard Rodriguez said, real score is to take reviews uh, out with Xbox in the name. I, I do actually think the score is going to land lower in the coming weeks, but I also think that, yeah, there are definitely Xbox committed outlets that are keeping this score in a respectable place. I mean, they're just flat out giving it hundreds. Muted Discord? Dadgummit. I'm sorry, Discord. I did that yesterday. Uh, True Witty with a $5 tip. Uh, I played... I played on a 4080 and got 60 to 40 FPS. The game's good, but it has many issues. I'm a big Bethesda fan. This isn't next gen. They hit decent player peak on Steam, like 200-something thousand. I don't know if they'll hold that, though. It dropped really fast. Again, I don't know if that was because of time of day or was it because it's having issues. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Um, uh... Immaterial, perfect word to use. I personally only got 90 minutes with the game last night. I'm glad that I upgraded Game Pass to play early, having a good time. Googly with another 20 spot. Gollum just got a competitor. I don't agree with that. I think that's totally exaggerated. We got Gifteds coming in. Five from Jeff, and then 10 from Quintar, taking us to 28 members already on the day. You guys have absolutely crushed it. We're in a brand new month. I need to announce something, by the way. The number one gifter this month was Javier Cotto. Not even close. 383 gifted members from Javier Cotto. He was like, I missed it by two last month, and I'm not missing it this month. Second place was so far behind, literally half of Javier at 160 was online MVP. Javier securing the Eknor Award. Um. This guy says, you know who would put up with a game for 20 hours? Bethesda fans who are PlayStation gamers who would have bought the title? <laughs> all right, don't start all that fighting. Uh, after Quintar gifted the 10, we got Solemn Renewed for 22 months. This is one of the Xbox-related topics I don't have any pushback for you on. Thank you. And then a gifted member from Kicking It with Timmy B., one away from 30, setting up that temptation for somebody to drop a 20 bomb. 
And to think Starfield is the game that Microsoft paid $7.5 billion for because they didn't want Sony to get Starfield as a time exclusive. Listen to me. You can play Starfield early on Game Pass. Well, what he did was, is you can pay for the upgrade. So, it basically treats you as if you own it. You, It treats you as if you own Starfield if you have Game Pass. And then you pay the $30 to upgrade to premium and you can play early. To all the Lono haters, don't worry, keep watching. He gets better after 20 hours. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Javier Cotto spent all the two thousand on gifted members to get a sixteen dollar bag of coffee. That's right. That's right. That's a bargain. That's an absolute bargain in this economy. There's already a mod for DLSS, by the way. I yeah, the one guy said they were gonna have a DLSS mod same day. He said they'd have it launch day. Russell says, Lono, I have heard a lot of the reviewers mention for games lately that they can see the potential and it'll be great as the game is updated. Feels like points are saved on the review score. Thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I completely disagree with that way of reviewing a game. Like, Xbox era reviewed Redfall in that way. It was like, what are you doing? And look at their review now in light of the fact that Redfall has had virtually no updates. Light Roast is not back yet. It, it, it has it has been uh, it has had its freight label uh, printed. Like you, you you can't do that. You can't give a game a score and be like, "Oh my gosh, it, it's going to be so good eventually." Like, huh? What what does that even mean? Well, with some, some updates and polish, you know, this game going to be great. Would you do that with a game that, like, barely ran? Well, I'm giving it an 8, because if they start to patch this and get rid of all the game-breaking issues, I think there's a really good game here. It's like, what? You're saying Redfall wasn't an 8.5? No, Redfall was a joke. It was a joke. It was like a 5 or a 6. The game barely ran. It had all kind of technical problems, game philosophy problems, design problems, AI problems. Are you kidding me? Why not? Scores should be dynamic. Why should scores be dynamic? Would you would you accept that for any other product? You go to Amazon and you go to buy something and everybody that reviewed it was like, "Well, it'll get better with time." You really got to wear you got to really wear out the vacuum cleaner. It's really stiff. And doesn't run very well, but it should be better in about three months. You'd be infuriated. You'd be like, I thought this thing was a good product. Reviews should be dynamic. Huh? Derek says, Loney, that is the official review outlet's literally making just wait. You'll see literal part of the review score. It's absurd. Right. Like, the wait until motto of Xbox like that, you're going to start baking that into the review? Is that is that really what we're doing now? I appreciated how honest so many people were about this game. I really did. Like, I really expected, I expected like kind of funny to give it a five because they said beforehand it needed to be a five out of five. Like it needed to be a nine or a 10 out of 10. And the fact that they're like, no. Paris is like, no, nah, I'm giving it a four out of five. Like he had, he had, he had, he had pretty major, you know, criticisms and complaints. I was like, good for you, good for you. Like actually, you know, being like, no, I had high expectations. 
You know? Guy claims he doesn't like PC gaming. Hilarious. Just admit you're mad you can't play the game. Literally on here whining about it when you can't play anyway. Rent free in your head. I, I can't play the game, chat. Did you know that I can't play the game? I played it on my Series X in my living room last night next to my wife. Cracked open a beer and, you know, roamed the galaxy. And it's installed on my 2080 Ti PC right now. I, I don't rent-free in your head it's <laughs> it's installed on my boxes <laughs> what do you even do you sound like a crazy person a five spot from light leap wanted to say something nice but i only watched for 10 minutes and now i'm scared to chat thanks light leap enjoy with six months i'm a sony fan but i want to give starfield a chance on game pass from all the stuff i've seen on it, it's making me tempted to not try it I, I think it's definitely worth trying like it's not that bad I would just say it's okay it's good it's not it's not what I was wanting it's not what I was hoping for Reaper with 29 months and a VIP let's go happy to see you thriving brother thank you so much Reaper I appreciate it so so much and a 10 spot from Mr. Christiel says overhype can ruin a new game release while I do get excited for new games my expectations are always tempered because I don't want my expectations to be unrealistic Armored Core 6 right now is my game of the year yeah a lot of people are saying Armored Core 6 is way better than they expected True Witty with a $5 tip it's like saying you will get your engine later in a car just bought reviews should be about the product the customer gets at purchase yes you're not reviewing what the game could be you're reviewing what the game is right not you a commenter oh you gotta at the people you're talking to put their name I thought you were talking to me I get so many haters in here I was like what in the world are you talking about um yeah you cannot review a game on what it could be what it could become do you have any idea what that means well reviews should be dynamic We should review the game based on what it could become, based on what it could be. Then every game's a 10 out of 10! Every game's a 10 out of 10 then, because every game could get better. Every game has the potential to improve. That's sheer lunacy. That is sheer lunacy. Now, if you want to go back to your review later and bump the score, I'm totally fine with that. If you give something like a 7 and they come back and they fix all the problems and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go update my my score to an 8. You can't have dynamic review scores. Did you like Days Gone? I really enjoyed it on PC. I thought it was quite good. I think they just pushed that game out too early. It got shredded by the reviews because it was a glitchy mess when it launched. People played it later on PS Plus. They're like, why did everybody hate this game? It's a great game. It's like, it was a great game. It just launched too early. As far as I can tell, Jedi Survivor is a great game that launched too early. Ghost 14 with a $5 Super Chat tip. A few hours in, and you are having more of an enjoyment playing the opening hours of the game or Cyberpunk's opening hours. By the way, really enjoying your content. It is really hard to enjoy Cyberpunk at all. The opening hours I thought were terrible. I actually think the opening in this is better than Cyberpunk, sure. That's not saying much, though. Um... A hundred dollar tip from Ghosts in the Garage Gaming. I have 14 hours in, and to me, it's an uninspiring, mediocre game. I think the combination of fan overhype and Bethesda overambitiousness by Bethesda. They tried to do too much and fell short. To me, it feels outdated. If this game launched in 2015, it would be a banger. I agree with almost everything you said. 
It really does feel like it's five years too late. This game at 30 FPS would have blew people's minds last generation. Now it's like loading screen, loading screen, loading screen, 30 FPS. You know, NPCs are kind of clunky. AI is kind of dumb. It's like, no. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm playing $70 masterpieces. I don't know what this is, but this doesn't, this doesn't pass the smell test. Jericho with a $10 super chat. Maddie said he can't step away and said it's in the, li- in, in the list for game of the year. He hasn't even done a faction quest. He said it can make him fall in love with the game. And that's the best part of the BGS game. Jericho, you're cherry picking. He said he was worried about the game for about 20 hours. It didn't turn for him for 20 hours. Bro, that's not a ringing endorsement. It's not. He said he could end up loving the game, but he doesn't right now. That again is you're you're again you're formulating a review or a trajectory based on what might happen. How is the game right now? How is it? It's so mid. It's so okay that a really big Bethesda fan was worried about the game for twenty hours. What what are we even talking about? Come on. I'm not saying it's bad and you can't enjoy it. I'm saying don't do this what it could become thing. I, I, that's, that's bogus. That's completely bogus. Are the AI whiz says, what's this? Two months of membership. Thank you. Four months from Stella. I appreciate the dialogue and intelligence of this channel. Starfield is a triumph for Bethesda, but not gaming as a whole. Thank you, Stella. I can appreciate that perspective. Johnson Lee with a $5 super chat. Have you seen this person's review? He goes into a lot of the tech issues and procedural generation issues. No, I don't watch his content. He's unkind and rude, and so I don't watch him. Moody with 19 months, and it's a VIP. Thanks so much. You're going to watch my content and insult me to the public. I No respect. I'll never look at your content or what you have to say ever again. Like I don't pay attention to extended adolescent children. I just don't. Don't have any interest. When these folks have to play the game for their job and do the 20 hours anyway, that doesn't help. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, if you weren't a YouTuber, would you have kept going? Like, he probably would have because he's a big Bethesda fan. But, like, it, 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 if you've got to go 20 hours, right? Now, here's the thing. Force Gaming has played a hundred plus hours, loves it, can see himself coming back on a regular basis, okay? But you have to listen to the way that he played. The reason that I'm disappointed is quite literally everything he highlights. Exploration's not really a focus, there's lots of loading screens. It, you know, he basically quested his way through it, and that's totally fine. Like, if you play this game in that way, then I actually think you're going to have a great time. I really do. But if you take what he said, if you take what he said and you and you sort of square it with what Maddie said, you really start to see exactly what I'm saying. Like, this isn't the game that we hoped for. This isn't some massive, unparalleled exploration RPG game. It just isn't. It's very, very, you know, directional. Very directional. That noise, yeah, sorry. Days Gone doesn't start to go until 15 to 16 hours, but you still liked it, right? I don't agree with that. I enjoyed Days Gone in the early hours. 
there's plenty of people that will tell you that Days Gone takes a while to get going, but that doesn't mean like it's bad leading up. That doesn't mean like it's bad leading up. Does that make sense? Got jump scared. Yeah, sorry. I had I had my I didn't have my browser muted. Like I don't feel like Days Gone is literal is like is is like boring and slow and awkward in the beginning. I think it takes a while to get going, but I was still enjoying myself as it did that. You understand? Days Gone got better over time, but it was fun the entire time. That's what I'm saying. Like Days Gone, like it's one thing to have a narrative start slow. Like I remember people saying this about The Punisher on Netflix. They got like really angry because it like started out slow. People said the same thing about Andor, and I was like, that's good storytelling. You have to sometimes start out slow. Starfield doesn't start out slow from like a narrative standpoint. It just starts out like slow and awkward and weird. You see what I'm saying? It's a different game though. Right, like you're trying to like get me into a corner where you're like, well, you enjoyed Days Gone and it started slow. Right, but it started slow in different ways. They're not the same type of game. Like the way that the way that Starfield starts and the way that you sort of engage with the NPCs and stuff, it's awkward. And there's all these loading screens and it's like, uh, okay, you know, walk 20 feet, talk to a guy, walk 20 feet, talk to a guy, loading screen. Go over here, loading screen. It's like a lot of the reviews have highlighted that. Days Gone's great and actually fun. I just think Days Gone landed on people differently, and I think that that's totally fine. I I don't think every game... Like, this isn't about defending a game or establishing a game as better than another. That's not the point. The point is, is that you're going to go into this with expectations and those expectations are largely going to drive whether or not you press on. Does that make sense? Like, the way that Maddie pressed on as a Bethesda fan is different than the way that, like, somebody who's never played a Bethesda game presses on. Right? Does Does that make sense? Yo, what's good, Christos? Like, if you press on and make it to 20 hours, if you press on and get to New Game Plus, you may do that for completely different reasons than Force Gaming. You may do that for for completely different reasons than Maddie plays. Like, what do you want out of this game? That's going to determine whether or not you enjoy it. What I'm telling you is, based on Maddie's feedback, Force Gaming's feedback, and based on the Digital Foundry video, I'm like, this is basically an old gen game wrapped in pretty wrapping paper. I, I just it does it's, it's it's really struggling to hook me. I I'm really struggling to want to go back. Right? Maddie took this approach. He was honest about performance before talking about how he loved some elements of it. Johnson Lee with a five dollars uh, super chat. I think it's wild that an indie team of twenty people five to six years ago made a better space exploration game in No Man's Sky than Big Huge Bethesda. Does Starfield have a chance for Game of the Year, or is Tears of the King the clear winner? Tears of the Kingdom is not winning. Baldur's Gate 3 is winning. No one's no one's touching the Game of the Year trophy. It's already in Baldur's Gate's hands. Tanner with a five spot. Hey, in terms of modding, do you think in time it could reach the next level, or is the foundation not good enough? I think you're... Ch- uh, thank you for the five spot. I think the struggle, Tanner, is going to be 
just how much did they not build? Right? Like, they didn't build planets, brother. There are not planets in this game. You can't even fly close to them. You can't, like, fly close to a planet and, like, go around it just for fun. That's, like, not a thing. Remember when they showed some of those early footage and were like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be, like, low atmospheric flying or, like, I wonder if there's going to be flying, like, near the planet or around the planet. No, there's no such thing. The planets are a skybox. So it's like, I don't I don't know. I mean, are modders going to really want to do that? Are they going to be able to do that? There's no, physic- there's no physicality to the planets at all. Uh, this guy said it best for me. You want more Skyrim or Fallout? Starfield is a security blanket, but don't expect anything mind-blowing. And Christos, that's where I land on it. It's like, I don't see anything in this game that warrants 30 FPS cap. I don't. I, re- I really don't. What What is it? What's going on in the game that requires this cap? If you're a Bethesda fan, you have a trust in the developer to provide a good experience. That trust or hope can push you through the slow part because you trust it will get better. Right, and, and the question would be then, will the 20 million Game Pass users do that? You know... Will they press on? Will they continue? Eugene says, As a gamer, this is disappointing. I'm experiencing no draw to the game. No FOMO. I didn't expect this feeling at all. It's disappointing. Is that another $100 Super Chat tip? No, it just didn't hit the top. Well, no, it just slid over. I was like, what? Let's get a little perspective here. I'll admit, I don't watch gaming content as much as I used to, but has anybody really liked any game in the last two years? Sorry if my absence has swayed me. I liked Hogwarts and put a ton of time into it. I put 40 plus hours into it. My wife put 62 plus hours into it. I'm really enjoying playing through Final Fantasy 16. I'm at like 12 or 13 hours in that game. I really enjoyed Armored Core. I don't really have time for it. Uh, I really have enjoyed my time with Synapse as a PSVR 2 game. Uh, there's been a handful of games that have come out this year. Now, I really enjoyed Jedi Survivor, but it was buggy, screen-tearing, and performance issues, so I had to stop playing it. It was incredibly disappointing. Uh, I really enjoyed Tears of the Kingdom. I'm actually hoping that when the Switch 2 lands, I'll be able to play Tears of the Kingdom at higher frame rate. I was really enjoying Remnant 2, like if I had time to grind that. Baldur's Gate 3 has the highest Metacritic score of the year. It only dropped down by a point recently, so it and Tears of the Kingdom have two of the the most record-breaking scores that we've seen in a long time. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 got the highest score from PC Gamer in like 16 years. Um, This has actually been arguably one of the best years in gaming that we've had in like 15 years yeah but burning shores dlc for forbidden west was was highly praised like it's this has been this has been this has been considered by many people one of the best years in gaming and that honestly is kind of working against starfield in many respects Don't get me wrong, I wasn't singling you out, just uh, seems zoomed out. The gaming community doesn't seem to like games anymore. I mean, it depends on who you go to and who you talk to. I've seen plenty of people put together, like, collages on Twitter to be like, this year is insane. The amount of games we're getting at the quality we're getting them this year is insane. Resident Evil Remake, Dead Space Remake, like, I didn't even mention those. Like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this year, yeah, you're going to get Street Fighters. You already got, is Street Fighter 6 already out, right? And then Mortal Kombat's the one that's coming, right? Mortal Kombat 1's just around the corner. Like, 
many people in the gaming community have talked about how insanely good this year has been. I'm telling you right now, that's working against Starfield. It is. It's working against Starfield. I played a handful of games this year. Ignore Zelda. I played a handful of games this year that are big, awesome, beautiful, and fun. And it's like, Starfield is that, like, kind of. Starfield's beautiful sometimes. Starfield's fun sometimes. Starfield's big, kind of. You see what I'm saying? Like, there is something about this game, like I said in my in, at the end of my uh, show open, I feel like it's more of a concept of a game. I feel like I'm hopping from concepts. This is what space combat could be like. Cool. All right, press a button. All right, we're going to leave that behind. Here's what a city could be like. Oh, cool. All right, press a button. Leave that city behind. Here's what planet exploration could be like. I literally feel like I'm walking through a PowerPoint. Like, here, experience this. Neat. Hard line. Okay, come experience this. Okay, hard line. All right, come experience this. Hard line. It's... It, it lacks that sense of flow and immersion of like I'm, 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 I'm going through this game as a person and I'm experiencing this I, I literally feel like I'm sampling segments of a game as if again it's more of a concept of a game than a fully realized game it just it feels so segmented Starfield has to uh, just be one of those games that I personally enjoy, separate from other gamers' views. Seems like I have to resort to that statement more often lately. What, what do you mean more often? How many games that I list this year that we've all enjoyed, have praised, and liked? And and you're like, I have to say this more often? What? what this in Cyberpunk? What games are you talking about? Outside of Jedi Survivor... I've enjoyed virtually every game I've touched this year. I have like booted up. I have booted up my my PlayStation numerous times and been like, I wish I had more time to play. I don't have enough time. I literally, after 40 something hours in Hogwarts, just had to put it down. I like had other things to do. My wife put like 62 hours into Hogwarts. So it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What are these games that only you like? Like I did plenty of games have landed and done well this year you're like i don't know i just that that sentence just smacks of like you know i guess i'm the only one that enjoys games anymore and it's like i just listed like a bunch of games that launched this year that people really liked and enjoyed yeah people are singing the praises of blasphemous too I think you're missing the point he's making. There's a growing consensus that gamers generally are always just complaining. That's a matter of perspective, and that's your fault. That's a matter of perspective. If you go to Twitter, and you go to Reddit, and you go to forums, you're more likely running into people that are like, Oh, I thought the game was mid. It, it's winning awards. Hey, yeah, but it's mid. I didn't like it. That's not representative of the product. You know, 875,000 people were playing Baldur's Gate 3 and there were still people acting like it wasn't an impressive game like you gotta be careful because there's always gonna be somebody being negative on the internet that doesn't mean that gamers 
are being negative. Look at the review scores. Look at the commercial success of games this year. All evidence points to one of the best years in gaming we've had in almost 15 years. You're just, it's very easy to find criticism. You throw a dart in a dark room and there's going to be a guy's like, I, I just, yeah, I thought Elden Ring was too small. You're just, you're always, you're always going to find that dingbat that's just like angry at every single game that launches. Five spot from CS. When you play Starfield, it's hard to get carried away with the exploration when you constantly are confronted with excessive loading screens. Uh, numerous reviews have touched on that in Starfield. That like, I'm just constantly being persuaded to not do that. Don't go to your ship. That really cool immersive thing they've shown like 18 different times in the trailers, walking into and out of and around your ship. Yeah, don't do that. No, you you can skip three loading screens by just fast traveling. Like Maddie was like, I don't even like going to neon or moving around neon. It's just nothing but loading screens. Like, he literally made it seem like many people have basically said, I adjusted my gameplay because of the loading screens. That's a problem. Five spot from Johnson Lee says, do you think all the loading screens is due to the S or do you think that it initially scoped it for last gen consoles because the amount is crazy? Uh, I think the S played a significant role in this game's constrained feel. Uh, it's constrained, it's contained, and I think a lot of that has to do with the S. Ghost, 14 with a five spot. It seems like everything you like about the game comes with the butt behind it, so that's not looking good. Ghost in the Garage Gaming with a five-month membership says Starfield is the most linear open-world game, 100% facts. It feels segmented. I mean, I think Maddie said it best. He said that he said that questing drives the game, not not uh, not exploration. Patrick sets it up. He's gonna bait the twenty bomb. There it is, thirty out of fifty. <laughs> I know what you're doing, Patrick. <laughs> He's like, oh, Ghost in the Garage Gaming's renewing his membership. Let me just do a 20-bomb layup here. I see you, Patrick. <laughs> the big boys around here have a reputation. All you see is negativity online. That's the algorithm giving you more than what, more of what you want. If you want more positivity, go find it. It's out there. Mass Effect is perfectly rated. It's a near-perfect series. Well, here's the thing, though, right? If if you market your game as a... I know alley-oop, we say layup. We say layup. I know it's alley-oop. Layup sounds cooler. <laughs> if you market your game as having unparalleled exploration and most of your reviewers are talking about how yeah, you don't re- you're not really driven by exploration. You're more driven by the questing. Even even one of the most positive reviews I watched, Force Gaming, he was basically landing on planets and then going right to the quest. The quest is like right there. That's not surprising, right? They don't want you to get close to those invisible boundaries. Force never saw a single invisible boundary. And I'm like, I bet you a lot of people have that experience because they're just going to land on a planet. They're going to run and do their quests. And then they're going to leave, right? Dirge, thanks for jumping back in as a VIP. Layup does not sound cooler. You really want me saying alley-oop every day? Huh? You really want me saying alley-oop? You know? I want to be saying that every day. 
Why does Twitter want you to portray you as a Sony fan so much? I mean, I really like Sony, and I le- I started leaning Sony in 2021 after my extreme disappointment with Halo Infinite. I covered Halo Infinite for about a month, and I just found it to be really disappointing. And all of 2021 and even 2022, Xbox was... Well, no, I'm sorry, I got the dates wrong. All of 2021 was pretty weak, and then Halo came out, and it was like... Huh? I covered it for a month and it just there was nothing there. It was just a very, very bad launch. It was not a very good game. And when I went into next year, 2022, I just started going where the games were. Horizon Forbidden West launched. I'm already playing on my PlayStation. That's where I installed Elden Ring, right? And then God of War Ragnarok launched. You know? And so I was like, okay. Like, I just naturally gravitated to where the games are. Like, when I have all the systems, I don't know what people expected me to do. What was I supposed to do? Like, play the Wait Until game? Do podcasts about what could be coming? Like, I just went and played video games. That's all I did. I was unaware that if you owned every single console and you went and played the games where they were, that that was somehow, like, making you some kind of a console fanboy. Like, again... They're viewing everything through the lens of, like, they're loyal to Xbox. And because I went to PlayStation and started playing their games and having a good time, because, I don't know, I bought the console because I wanted to have as many next-gen games as possible, because I really prized 60 FPS. I really prized all the things they marketed. No more loading screens, higher resolution, you know, up to 120 FPS. I was like, that all sounds amazing. And so I just naturally gravitated toward PlayStation. And then what happened? End of 2022 into 2023, it was like, what's going on? Redfall gets delayed. Starfield gets delayed. Then we open up the year like, oh, pretty good start. We don't get a date for Forza. They launch Hi-Fi Rush. Like they surprise everybody. And then 12 of the 25 games that were promised in the first half, they don't land, they all just mysteriously get delayed, some of them don't even get announced as delays, so Starfield gets a second delay into September, Forza never actually announces its delay, it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not launching first half, oh yeah, by the way, no split screen, oh yeah, by the way, half the tracks, you know, all the, this is all happening while they're trying to massively consolidate the market, and it's like, and I'm supposed to cheer for them, Why? What have they done for me as the consumer? Like, just think like the consumer. I bought your box. I barely had any first party anything to play on it. The big thing that you dropped on it that I was interesting was incredibly lackluster, barely supported. You've shrunk that team, mistreated that team, 343, and now that game's basically on life support. So I'm supposed to be loyal to the company. Why? Why Why would I be loyal to them? Why would I take up for them? Why would I... Why would I why would I be like, oh yeah, man, yay Xbox. I've gotten barely any first-party games. I've gotten virtually no next-gen games at all for my Series X, and they want to consolidate the market. Woo! What a champion for gamers they are. Because of Game Pass? Like, do you see what I'm saying? So because I won't cheer for all of those things, I'm a Sony pony. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to get out a green pom-pom and go, yay, Xbox. Why? Because they give me games every month for $10? Who cares? That's not... I didn't buy a Series X for that. 
I didn't buy a PlayStation 5 for that either. If I'd have bought a PlayStation 5 and I was in the same scenario, I'd be like, what are you doing, Sony? Where's the games? What's going on? Where are my next-gen games? Where, where are the first-party games? And then as we, as we get further into the year, then we get Redfall. And then the further we get in the year, we start looking at Starfield and we're like, I, <laughs> I don't know. This seems rough around the edges. And then we watch the Starfield Direct. And I'm like, there's a lot here. This game could win game of the year. And then the cracks in the surface start forming. Oh, yeah, it's going to be 30 FPS. Oh, then the leaked footage starts coming out. It's like, wait, you can't really explore the whole planet? There's not really even a whole planet to explore? They're just randomly generated tiles that literally expire? You can't explore space? You can't get close to the planets? You can't really fly? It's riddled with loading screens? Why is this game capped at 30 FPS? I didn't say Hi-Fi Rush was bad. I didn't. Hi-Fi Rush was a strong start. I said the start. The, I said the, the the developer direct and Hi-Fi Rush. That was a strong start, even though they didn't give us a date for Forza Motorsport. I said that game was going to get delayed. I was like, if they don't have a you know a date for Forza Motorsport in January, it was supposed to be in the first half of the year. That means it's getting delayed. No, it's not, Lono. No, it's okay. How'd that work out? A, fa- a five spot from Shooter Forever. IGN has been pretty sus in its reviews. Uh, oh no, it's Alex had a video on them saying they give games. They don't have time for sevens, and they gave Starfield a seven. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love the attempt to act like IGN score isn't fair. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's amazing to me. It's me. What, what story do you want to tell about IGN? Which is it? Which is it? Are they bought and paid for? They gave Halo Infinite a really good score. They gave Forza Horizon a really good score. But yeah, their their score for Starfield's not fair. Sure, sure. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. IGN's score is more in line with the rest of the reviews out there. So, I don't know. Maybe get a calculator and add out all the scores that are out there. You know, it's funny. It's funny to insinuate that IGN's score isn't fair when virtually all of the 100s that I saw in Metacritic, the outlets literally have Xbox in their name. But I'm sure those are unbiased scores. I'm sure. You have Xbox in your name. And you gave Starfield a 100. It's perfect. It's a masterpiece. Interesting. But but IGN score isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Sure. IGN's literally in line with the lion share. The lion share of the scores that are out there. But let's just single out IGN. You're, to- you're totally happy and fine with the fact that IGN gave Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon good scores. Are those scores not legitimate then? Which is it? Huh? Which is it? It's only conveniently wrong or not a good score when you don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Their Forza Horizon score is great. Their Halo Infinite score is great. But if they score Starfield low, well, that's because they, you know, projection, presumption, assumption. You know, I'm just going to stack a bunch of um, unfounded presumptions and assumptions to come to an a priori conclusion because that's how we argue on the internet. Here's what I've already determined. How do I get to this? I didn't logically come to this. I didn't deduce this. I've already decided this. So how do I support this position? There's a, there's a sea of scores in the sevens and eights. There's a sea of scores in the seven and eights, but 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 IGN's out of step somehow. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. Game of a generation is getting like middling scores and is getting like not the greatest praise from even people like Maddie plays, even people like kind of funny. But the headline is look at these ponies. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. Five spot from CS. The dude that said he played for 15 hours and didn't encounter one single bug must have been higher than the leaker that was selling Starfield copies. A lot of people said they didn't encounter bugs, though, CS. Or, hang on, a lot of the phrasing's important. A lot of the guys I watched and read said they didn't encounter any major bugs. Like, little things here and there. Like, a, you know, like a an NPC glitches out, and then that's it. Like, I, you know, come on. A game of this size, I'm not going to get that upset if, if all of a sudden one of the one of the NPCs is like, and then all of a sudden they're fine. Shooter Forever, the two spot. I never said the Xbox-based scores should be trusted. Right, but I mean, you, you, quote, you quoted Alex. I, like, I don't... I don't find that perspective on IGN to be fair at all. They're in line with, like, what everybody else is saying. If IGN gave it, like, a 5, I'd be like, okay, something's going on here. That seems way lower than everybody else. They gave it a 7. They gave it what virtually multiple other outlets have given it. So are those all of those outlets also 2? Like, do you understand? Like, are all of those outlets wrong? Are all of those outlets, they didn't play the game enough? They didn't put enough time in? Like, are we going to conclude that as well? Like, it's like, well, we went out and we heavily cheered for this game and we claimed it was going to be in the 90s. That didn't happen. So surely our presumptive, predetermined conclusion about the game that's correct, not the people that played the game for 70 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours. No, no, no. We're in the know. Right? Has Alex played the game for for as many hours as IGN? Has he? Has he played the game as much as GameSpot? Has he played the game as much as any of the outlets that gave it a 7 or an 8? Are any of the people that are upset at the 7s and 8s, have they played as much as the people that reviewed it? Have they? If you haven't touched the game, then why are you opening your mouth? Why? What What's wrong with their reviews? What's wrong with them? I quoted Force. Force is loving it. He's put in 100 hours. He anticipates going back in for years to come. I used... Maddie plays. Maddie plays is kind of in the middle on it right now. He's like, I think I could learn to love it. I don't love it right now. I, I was scared for the first 20 hours. There's a lot of snags. There's a lot of rough spots. The AI is really bad. Like, right, like I gave you like a broad perspective of two different sort of 
Here's a guy that just can't stop playing and wants to keep going. There's this other guy that's like, I don't know, man. I'm a big Bethesda fan. This thing's kind of not hitting. Now, I avoided the outright, like, negative reviews. I didn't think that was going to be helpful. And I also ignored the outright, like, fanboy reviews. I don't think those are helpful. I feel like those are constants. It doesn't do me any good to go to, like, an Xbox outlet that gave it a 100. And it doesn't do me any good to go to some outlet that's just hating on the game and gave it a 5. I ignored those edges of the spectrum. I came in a little bit more, and I thought, Force is really positive, Maddie's more in the middle, and I thought that was enough. Going to people giving it a 100 and going to people giving it a 5, who cares about that? Those people are on the edges. They're just doing that because they're doing it for the clicks. triangulated reviews and people still find bias people wanted it to be 10 out of 10 I think I'm missing super chats people wanted it to be 10 out of 10 so anything less is breaking them uh hang on a second a two spot from SDO this had to be game of the decade 600 million dollar budget is that been confirmed or is that just one of those speculations from like a, a like a blogger or something Maddie was not in the middle. He said he really likes it. Maybe not love, but really likes it. He would... No. (laughs) Homie, if you think that review wasn't in the middle, he literally said, this is a review in progress. I was scared for 20 hours. He wasn't having fun for 20 hours. But it's it's not in the middle. His is more of a middle-of-the-road review. He's not throwing confetti in the air. He's like, I might love this. I got to give it more time. That's a more middle of the road review. It's not negative. It's not glowing. It's kind of in the middle. I think that's a fair summary of Maddie's review. He did not come out of the gates like, yes, it's a triumph. He's also not saying it's terrible. He's kind of somewhere in the middle. I appreciated his review. He's like, he's wrestling with the game. And I think what he's wrestling with is a dated engine and dated concepts. It has the Bethesda charm, but it's got a lot of things in it that are very outdated. Shooter Forever says, I don't care about the final score. I guide myself by Steam. I'm playing it right now. It's good, not amazing. I would argue Skyrim, then Starfield, then Fallout 4. Uh, Derek said, it makes me legit sad that we gamers talk about IGN as if it's some monolith that spits out reviews from one perspective. I refuse to believe the individual authors writing these are in lockstep. Yeah, there are plenty of people write for IGN. I don't even know who wrote the IGN review. I don't. You'd have to look at who wrote. Let's find it. Who wrote it? IGN Starfield review. Who's the guy that wrote it? Here we go. 7 out of 10. And Dan Dan Stapleton, is that the name that I just saw? They have a giant ad playing at the top of the freaking video. I can't even see the the, 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 the dadgum article. It's just nothing but a... It's nothing but a freaking... Okay, there he is. Okay, Dan Stapleton. That's his name. Uh, let's see. He's the director of reviews. He's covered games for 19 years, beginning in 2004 at PC Gamer Magazine, transitioning to editor-in-chief of GameSpy in 2011, and finally folded into IGN in 2013. That's, that's who you're saying didn't give this game a fair review. Like, 
You want to do your drive-by cheap shots? I don't know who this guy is, but he's been in the industry for almost 20 years. PC Gamer. Game Spy. He's, he's from Game Spy. That's long time ago. Editor-in-chief of that time. And then he was folded into IGN in 2013. He's been at IGN for a decade. He is their director of reviews. And we're going to question his review because, what, we don't like the score? Right? What else is he? He's reviewed. What's he reviewed recently? I'm going to ignore his Jedi Survivor review. Marvel Midnight Suns review. He reviewed that. He reviewed Vampire Survivors. He reviewed God of War Ragnarok. Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. So we're going to claim this is a guy that doesn't have time to do reviews. He reviewed Ragnarok. I mean, that wasn't a short stint to play that game. Like, I don't understand. I don't see a reason to, to question this guy's ability or, or accuracy in his reviews. I don't, I don't see it. Been in the industry for 20 years. I don't know him. I don't have a dog in this fight. But to question someone's integrity and to question their accuracy, just like in passing, I'm just so not okay with that. I'm so tired of that. Like, pick apart the review. Like, actually go if there's problems with it. Pick it apart. Don't make it seem like, well, you didn't really have time, so it's probably not a very good review. How long did he play? Does he say in his review? Does he say how many hours? A dozen hours in Starfield, I was feeling lost in space. Things never went too far off course. Hang on. Even after about 70 hours. Yeah, he didn't have enough time though, guys. Matty Plays put in 70 plus hours. This guy put in about 70. But he didn't put in enough time, guys. What, like, what are we even saying? What are, you, what, what are we even saying? Like, that, how long did that take me? Get out of stopwatch. Get out of stopwatch. I pulled up the article and I did control F hours. And in how long was it? Was that five seconds? Or was that five seconds of research? I need a nap. That took me such a long time to research. That was really difficult. That was really, really hard. You know? I just, you know, the irony of accusing somebody he didn't have time to review it and play it, and you didn't even have time to go and look at the review to see how long he played it. Like, the sheer irony. The irony is so thick. (laughs) You didn't even take the time to go look at his review. Had a code for two weeks and put in about seven between sixty and seventy hours. Give me a friggin' break. It's really hard. It's really, really hard to pull up somebody's review and, and do a control F. See how many hours they played, you know? What is his anti-Xbox mindset? Who, me or the guy that wrote it? 
I didn't even read his review. I'm just saying, don't accuse somebody of not having enough time for the review if they put in close to 70 hours. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why are people acting like Starfield being mid is the end of the world? It's not like Microsoft is going to stop making games now. I just want you to watch what happens. Okay? I just want you to pay careful attention to what happens. Okay. Starfield's apparently so good that we're going to make videos about Sony ponies. That's how good the game is. You don't see the irony. You don't you don't you don't see the irony there. Why not talk about how good the game is? <laughs> Why not break down all the systems and talk about how great they are? Where Break break down how innovative it is. Break down how next-gen it is. Yeah, do it. Come on. Break down the skill trees and break down all the aspects of the game. No. No, let's talk about Sony ponies. Let's talk about guys on Twitter who troll. Who troll for clicks. <laughs> ponies are salty about it? Salty about what? I follow some of the most ardent... Ast- self-ascribed this is self-ascribed i follow some of the most self-ascribed ponies and i don't see any salt (laughs) i see celebration i don't see any salt at all bro they they all seem pretty pretty okay (laughs) they don't they don't seem salty in the least bit man they're all grinning ear to ear they couldn't stay off Twitter yesterday, bro. <laughs> They're salty about it being a great game? <laughs> Who do you follow? <laughs> Who are you even talking about? <laughs> I couldn't even look at Twitter right now. Like yesterday, I could barely look at it. It was nothing but these guys just absolutely having a heyday. They were having so much fun. They weren't salty at all. Oh my gosh. Oh, I think I've missed a bunch of fan funding. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, 20 spot from Super Googly. Vampire Survivor beat Starfield. I don't agree with that at all. Outsider with a gifted member. Thank you so much for pushing us to 31 tempting a 20 bomb agent of chaos he's anti-xbox bro yeah he gives gears tactics an eight yeah he's so anti-xbox well no this is what the super chat read okay i don't know if this is accurate or not right this is this is what the super chat said he says and if you're misquoting alex then that's on you not me it says oh no it's alex did a video on ign saying that they give games they don't have time for sevens and then they give Starfield a seven, right? The insinuation is, yeah, I mean, they just they just give it a seven if they don't have time for it. And it's like, well, you're insinuating that it didn't get a great score from Starfield because they didn't have time for it. The guy played for 60 to 70 hours. What are you talking about? Five seconds of research. I went to the guy's, I went to the guy's review and I searched for the word hours and I found out how long he had played. And I was like, that's plenty of time common alex w how is it an alex w to misrepresent a review i don't understand why you're saying that's a w how is that a w 
insinuating that IGN gave it a 7 because they didn't have time? The guy played for almost 70 hours. How is that not enough time? <laughs> no one's saying an 87 is bad, but it was supposed to be game-changing, and it turned and turned the tide for Xbox, and it fell short of that. Stop watching IGN. The guy did a Twitter space. The conversation there, it didn't sound like a 7 out of 10 game. Okay, that's subjective to your interpretation of his comments. He wrote a review. He's the one who played the game, and that's the score he ended up on. Scores are not objective, but you can corroborate, maybe not corroborate, you can tabulate all the scores and get a general consensus of what people are thinking of the game like that's not deterministic you right now you could go play a game that the world thinks is a 7 and it could be your dream game okay it's not deterministic the only reason we keep bringing up scores is Scores are being dismissed. Okay, does that mean we can dismiss all the perfect scores from the Xbox outlets? Like fair is fair, right? Like if we're gonna if we're gonna say, oh, this outlet's biased, okay, well, an outlet with the word Xbox in its name, giving it a 100, you, are we if we're gonna reject scores that you think are too biased, then we have to reject those as well, do we not? Do we not? Yeah, he gives it a 7 out of 10 and calls it good. He calls it good. Starfield has a lot of forces working against it, but eventually the allure of its expansive role-playing quests and respectable combat make its gravitational pull difficult to resist. So, it's not a roaring review. It's not a rave review. He's like, it's, it's good. I said that in my show open. I said, the resounding consensus is that this game is good. It's okay. No one is saying that this game is is mind-blowingly amazing or it's life-changing or you know it's not getting the elden ring oh my gosh it's not getting the Baldur's gate oh my gosh it's not getting that treatment because it didn't achieve what a lot of people were hoping it would achieve and that's okay like it's okay for a game to fall short like if you run in a race and and you take like sixth place, well, you fell short of top placement, but you were still in there. You still had a respectable placement. No one's like you're a failure. Quit running. Like, come on. No, seven out of ten is not good. It's mid, like grading in school. Well, Amos, you don't determine IGN scoring system. They say that a seven out of ten is good. So what you're saying is is not applicable because you're not their scoring system. Their scoring system is that a 7 is a good game. I believe 8 to 9 is considered, what, great? And then, like, a 10 is exceptional? I forget their grading score. It's something like that. Shooter Forever with a 4 spot. I said Alex made a video a couple months ago where they only give 7 to games they don't play. Alex never talked about this review. Your Super Chat said... This is how your super chat read. This is on you. you this is I'm going to read this directly. IGN has been pretty sus in its reviews. Oh no, it's Alex did a video on them saying they give games they don't have time for sevens and then give Starfield seven. There's no punctuation there. 
you made it sound like that's what he said. I was like, what the frick? Why would he say that? I was like, the guy put in 60, 70 hours. Your, your super chat made no sense then if that's what happened. Oh, it's a video from months ago. He wasn't talking about their Starfield review. You made it sound like he was talking about their Starfield review. How else was I supposed to read that sentence, brother? Jober with... I don't know what that currency is. Thank you so much for the super chat tip. I'm not sure. Hang on. Let's see what that is in USD. Let's convert. That is... Uh, Philippine pesos. $5 super chat tip. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat tip. Philippine pesos. King JT with a five spot. I think it's funny. People don't take IGN seriously, but they go there to check the score and are upset it's not higher. Make that make sense. I mean, I think in general, I think in general, review scores function in an unhealthy way for some people. Well, this is what they'll do. They've determined that the game is a nine. Keep in mind, all the people raging out on the internet have not played the game yet. They haven't played the game yet. This thing could boot up on your Xbox and give you the middle finger and tell you that you're the worst person alive. Like, you don't know. You have no idea. You have not touched the game yet, right? You have no idea if the game is, is, is that good. And so what people end up doing is is they go to the review outlets and they're like, yeah, baby, I better see a 9. And when they don't see a 9, they're like, this review is BS. And it's like, why'd you even go then? You've already determined what it is. You don't need them to affirm what you think. Just go and play it then. Just go and play it. Who cares what IGN says? Game's out, people have played it. So yesterday, Trophy, when everyone was raging out and freaking out, they had played it. That's not true. Early access didn't start until 8 p.m. last night. Maybe learn how time works. (laughs) Try that. Like, study time. (laughs) Everyone was freaking out yesterday and taking issue with scores, and they hadn't played the game yet. Uh, Googly with another 20 spot. Vampire Survivors is a better game based on score. It's 8 out of 10 on IGN. But this is why you can't do that. They're different games. They're different games. If IGN scores a mobile game, yeah, Squirrel Nutcracker 4, it's just, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's got healthy monetization practices, and it's just a dream. It's just so fun. Cracking these nuts, it's a 9 out of 10. And you're like, Squirrel Nutcracker 3 is better than Starfield. What the frick? No! That's not how it works. Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors is a, is a completely different game type. It's it, it's judged completely differently than Starfield. If that's true, then go play Vampire Survivors more than people are going to play Starfield. You actually might, because Vampire Survivors has got great replay value. But saying it's better than Starfield doesn't make sense. It's nonsensical. It would be like saying, well, the Super Mario Brothers movie got a higher review score than No Country for Old Men, so it's a better movie. Like, what? They're completely different movies. Like, they're not even judged in the same way. 
they're going to be critiqued very differently. One's like a family movie cartoon. And the other is a masterpiece. <laughs> K.Cool with 10 months in a VIP. Creeping up on 12 months. Lono, keep the content coming. Thank you, sir. Two spot for Shooter Forever. Vampire Survivor is a masterpiece. Fight me. Oh, fine. Fine. It's a masterpiece, but comparing it to Starfield doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's weird. It's such a weird thing to say. Like there are games like uh Hollow Knight and Ori in the Blind Forest that probably scored better than Starfield. Does that make them better games than Starfield? What? I drink your milkshake. That's there will be blood, not no country for old men. You mix them up. People do that. It's okay. Drainage! Drainage, my boy. Different movies. One is Javier Bodum, and the other is Daniel Day-Lewis. Both fantastic. Uh, Shiny Red Flag with a gifted member takes us to 32. Thank you so much for the gifted member. And a five spot from Lone Wolf. Don't defend the game now, Lono. It's too late for that. Close enough. (laughs) You have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake. Drainage. <laughs> that scene is remarkable. Two fantastic actors. Just, oh, it's something. It's a special scene. So Almost no cuts. Oh, I love a movie that can just turn the camera on. And they're just like, all right, what are you going to do, Daniel Day-Lewis? And he's like, I've got a bright idea. I'm going to talk about milkshakes. It's like, what? <laughs> oh man it's good both movies are excellent yeah crazy killer with the cow spike yeah 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 Mm -hmm. that's Javier Bodum Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an ATM (laughs) yeah we can go to an ATM and he's like an ATM he says that so creepily do you have any idea how crazy you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woody Harrelson, dude. Woo! Another great scene. Something from Gangs of New York. I'd have to watch some scenes to try to channel it. He's, he's got such a, a gravitas to his cadence in, uh, in There Will Be Blood. It's, oh... Oh, the way he the way he sits in that one scene, he's like sitting in the middle of all those men. It's so good. I'm a businessman. <laughs> it's excellent. One of the best movies, I think. It's up there in the top ten. Another another gifted mentor from Harbinger. Thank you so much. I really despise the will this game save Xbox narrative. Needing to rely on one particular title to save your brand is ridiculous. Well, here's the thing, though. I think there's two things going on. Like, I definitely think there are people 
who are either giving it a really high score or they're being more critical because they like they wanted it to save Xbox, right? And I don't think that's fair in either direction. Giving it like an inflamed score or I'm um, inflamed, inflated score because you're like, yeah, I got to save Xbox, got to cheer for Xbox. That's just the same as somebody giving it a lower score because they don't think that it did save Xbox. I don't think either of those judgment metrics make sense if you understand what I'm saying I don't think it's fair in either direction whether you're giving it extra points or taking points away that's not on Bethesda it just isn't I, I'm fully convinced that Bethesda I, I'm, I'm fully convinced we're going to get a Jason Schreier article about this game I think we're going to find out that Microsoft descended on Bethesda in the way that Phil Spencer described in the kind of funny interview and I think when he talked about helping them with the technology on their platforms what 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 technology are you talking about like that's the question right what what was the impetus that drove Microsoft to quote swarm Bethesda in the early stages of development to to help them with technology on their platforms what technology what are you talking about what are you leveraging on the Series X go watch the Digital Foundry review everyone's like you were wrong Lono you said this thing was going to run bad on the Series S and it runs just fine (laughs) 144030 what an achievement wow that you think that's that's good. You think that's fine. If you look at the differences between the Series S version and the Series X version in the Digital Foundry video, you are playing the Series S version on your Series X. You just get a little extra foliage and they bump the resolution. That's it. There's no technology in the Series X being leveraged at all. The, the technology that they sworn Bethesda to help with was the Series S. Because the only other time we know that Microsoft sent engineers to help was Baldur's Gate 3. And we know what they were helping with. I'm telling you right now, that when Phil Spencer said that, that's what he was talking about. There's no other reason to suddenly be like, we gotta go help Bethesda. What do, what do you mean? Why, why do you need to go help Bethesda with their game? I'm dead serious. Really think about it. Imagine that you're a detective and you're trying to come up with the most plausible explanation of Bethesda's been in the industry for a really long time and Starfield's like their dream game. What would be the impetus to immediately in early development send a bunch of Xbox engineers to help them with the technology on your platform? What are you talking about, Phil? What technology? What do you mean? What what technology in the Series X is being leveraged? What? It wasn't talking about Series X. He was talking about Series S. Like, what other reason would you do that? Like, seriously, play out the conversation in your mind. Play it out in your mind. Why would Bethesda suddenly need help from Xbox? Why? What, what? What? What's the reason? Is Bethesda bad at development? Don't answer that. Right? Like, like, 
think about that though like is xbox engineers like are they are they known for this like is this a pattern in the industry that like oh yeah man xbox engineers really lean in and really help deliver a primo product Not like the crazy plane lady. I'm telling you right now that Starfield on the Series X is not real. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation fans are more worried about the price hike. People that told me my there were people in my uh, chat yesterday. They said your PlayStation Plus price increase video. No one's gonna watch it. No one's going to watch it because of Starfield. Let's see. Let's see where it stands right now. Let's let's just go check on it. It's my second most watched upload out of my last 10. 5,000 views. 5,000. Why do Sony engineers help developers then? I don't know. What's the pattern, Amos? You'd have to look at the pattern. What what's the, what's the pattern of of engineers helping there, right? What is it? Because the pattern with Xbox is, well, <laughs> we got to go help them with the Series S. Since it's been reported that devs are having trouble developing for the Series S, maybe Microsoft tried to send their engineers to help optimize Starfield better. I happen to think that's exactly what happened. I think that's exactly what happened. That's what I'm telling you. You you have to play out a scenario in your mind. You do. What's a scenario? What's a scenario where suddenly Bethesda working on their next big title is like getting swarmed, Bill Spencer's words, getting swarmed by Xbox engineers to help out? What's the scenario? What what is it? I, there's only one scenario that makes sense. There there's no other scenarios because you can see in Starfield all the proof you need to see. They didn't leverage any of the Series X technology. Or what are they leveraging the architecture or any of those other weird buzzwords they threw out there? Really? A game with a bunch of loading screens and it's 30 FPS? That they, they really leveraged? They really leveraged the Series X? No. No. And like all the other things we've talked about. Yeah, time time will probably be on my side here. I, ge- I genuinely think we're going to get a Jason Schreier article about this. I do. This 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 title is too big. It's too ambitious. It's too talked about. People that worked on this game are going to want the truth to be known. I think that at that stage, this game was dramatically changed. That's my belief. Because I want you to think about something. Bill Spencer said... It was still early in development. When did the ink dry on their purchase of Bethesda? When they announced it? What was the exact date? Bethesda, Microsoft, merger announcement. When the ink dry? Wasn't it early 2021? Yeah, March. 
March of 2021. It was still early in development. Two and a half years ago. (laughs) That's called a Freudian slip. (laughs) That's called a Freudian slip. I really, really doubt that a game of this size was early in development two and a half years ago. But it certainly was early in development after Microsoft showed up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You you expect me to believe that two and a half years ago, Starfield was early in development? That doesn't sound right to me. That sounds like when you showed up, it was early in development because, you know, everything changed. Clear as day from the FTC hearing. Microsoft Xbox chief has revealed one of the key reasons behind the acquisition of Bethesda parent company Zenimax, potential Starfield PlayStation exclusivity. Speaking of the FTC hearing, Phil Spencer revealed that Sony regularly pays competitors to skip our platform and Microsoft felt it needed to own Bethesda to compete. (laughs) A Freudian slip is when you say one thing and you mean a mother. That's good. That's That's funny, Gavin. With how Bethesda handles their releases normally, I'm glad they sent help. Uh-huh. Stellar Blade. I'm not talking about Stellar Blade. I we, we let Stellar Blade come out. It went through a name change and Sony picked up the publishing bill. So that's completely different. Similar things happened with Psychonauts too, did it not? Didn't Microsoft basically save that game? Which is then why it was exclusive. Like things like that have happened in the past. There's no, I'm not calling foul here. I'm not calling foul. I'm explaining to you, if you really analyze this situation, in what freaking universe is Starfield in early development two and a half years ago? What? That sounds crazy. A five spot from Shooter Forever. I'm sorry I missed this one. This one's from a while ago. Um, Says... I would argue it's weirder to compare the NPCs from an RPG like Starfield to an adventure like Horizon or God of War. I've made that very same argument. I don't get why people make those comparisons. Bernard McCants with 12 months. It's a whole year. Gold Badge. Keep up the amazing work. Been around since Purple. Love your show. I don't agree with everything, but I respect the heck out of you. Thank you so much, Bernard. I appreciate that. Much love, dude. Three months from Richeek. Uh, I bet you can't Wait to go back to playing Starfield after the show. My second show today will be me playing Starfield. I'm actually looking forward to putting in a longer PlayStation on uh, play session on PC because of the frame rate. It's really hard to do a long play session at, at 30. Like, I stopped playing Zelda for that reason. I just couldn't do it.
Do you think Starfield didn't have the Bethesda name behind it? It would still score this well. Hearing a lot of the issues are a lack of next-gen features. Would people have been this forgiving? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I have it locked at 60. It can't go higher than 60, Sven. Because of V-Sync. Longer PlayStation. Oh, did I say longer PlayStation? (laughs) I'm going to go. I'm going to play on my PC today, dude. I'm going to go for a longer PlayStation. (laughs) That's what I call my PC. Yeah. (laughs) That's my nickname for my PC. It's a long, it's a longer PlayStation. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. That's almost as good as the time I nicknamed myself Loney. That's very good. <laughs> I need a sticker for my PC now that says longer PlayStation. It is. It's my longer one. <laughs> I actually think I did word supplantation as a streamer. This is something that we do. Uh, you guys have caught me doing it before. I'll be mid-sentence and I'll read a word in chat instead of the word I'm trying to say. And like somebody had said something about PlayStation in chat. So I just like read chat. I've done that before. I'll be like talking and I'll be like, yeah, so the other day I was really working on my embargo. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I was working on my backyard. And it's like, I just read the word in chat. It's like, it just ends up coming out. (laughs) That one was perfect. Because usually it's obvious, it's super obvious that, like, I just accidentally read a word in chat. That one, it was like, no, it was like, longer play session, longer PlayStation. (laughs) Uh, Good old Freudian slip. Doobie had good pushback in the Discord. Thank you for the two spot. My point is, hardware companies routinely help software companies on their platform. It doesn't mean anything. You can't read causality into that. I think I can. I think I can. Because you can't point to any technology that they leveraged. You can't. If you're trying to leverage technology, I mean, let's go to the exact quote. Let's go to the exact quote. He's he's not talking about like, oh, we really want to let like the Series X is not playing a better version of the game. It simply isn't. It's the exact same version on the S and the res is bummed. He said it was easier for us to kind of swarm a bunch of people to go out and kind of help with some of the technology on our platform and ensure that we're going to ship a quality experience. What what technology on your platform? What are you talking about? Like, what, what did they leverage? I don't see anything on the Series X. All I see is a game running right in the hemisphere of what works really, really well for the Series S. Really contained areas, memory constraints, 30 FPS. Come on. Why did AMD send engineers uh, to Bethesda for Starfield? I would assume because they made it exclusive to Xbox and they wanted to leverage as much FSR as possible. I don't know. 
Like, Xbox suddenly getting involved with Bethesda, you're couching it as like, oh, a hardware company went out. And it's like, no. The game was already being developed. And it was, again, I think the Freudian slip is, oh, it was still earlier on in production. What do you mean it was earlier on in production? That was only two and a half years ago. It was earlier on in production because of Microsoft getting involved. I'm telling you, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a, we, yeah, we got it. We got almost start over. The, do you want to know why the game feels broken apart? Because I believe they broke it apart at that point. Do you want to know why the game feels segmented? Because I think they had to do that at that point. The, the structure of this game doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. In light of modern technology and everything they can leverage, it's like I, none of this makes any sense. It's completely broken apart. It's like when you looked at Destiny 1 and you're like, this game is really fragmented. It's really weird. Like, what is this? And then you get the autopsy and it's like, they delayed the game and broke it apart so that they could stretch it out. The Xbox version may have been earlier in production. That's very possible, Eugene. If they're talking to PlayStation about exclusivity, the PlayStation version might have been further along and the Xbox version was earlier in production because they were talking about it. They were potentially entertaining a staggered release. What if this is a result of really old engine? I, I firmly believe it's both. I'm not sitting here saying it's all the Series S's fault. I think it's both an older engine, but I also think it's the Series S. I'm, I'm fully confident that they could have taken this game and this engine and put it on PC and not built it this way. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. I'm not a tech expert, but it's like you look at the game and you're like, what is so special about this engine that you, you have to break up the game this much and segment the game this much? What in the frick? Is the engine literally that bad? Come on. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Unless they began development so early that they didn't conceive, like, as early as 2019, they were already conceiving of console games having no loading screens, 4K resolutions, and up to 120 FPS. Because at that stage, you had Project Scarlet Marketing. So there's no way Bethesda was like, oh yeah, the game we're gonna build, our earth-shattering generational game, is gonna be, like, broken up in, like, little happy segments. And it'll be 30 FPS on console. I think the engine's bad. I don't think it's that bad. I really don't think it's that bad. I think what we're seeing is the result of taking a bad engine and trying to get a really ambitious title in in said engine on on a memory-constrained box. That's what I think we're seeing. Why do you think they contain the areas? Why do you think there's so many loading screens? Why? It it doesn't make any sense. It's like why'd you contain the game so much? It it's, it's it's weird. It's like we've played their games before and had seemingly larger experiences, like bigger bigger more broad open spaces. Like is it just the lighting's fault? I don't look at this game and see, yep, it's the engine. I'm like, man, you guys had memory constraints. All these things scream memory constraints. And there's only one person in the room that's like sitting there sweating, hoping nobody looks at them, that has memory constraints. 
the Series S. Look at look at the size and scope of this game, and you don't think eight gig usable memory is playing a role in how they structured this game? I don't. There's no way for me to not think that's a massive cause here. It's not the only cause, but it's a cause. Like, do you honestly think PC gamers are going to look at this and be like, no, this is totally fine. You know what's really going to be damning? i tell you what's going to really be damning is if the modders are able to figure out ways around all of this. It's the engine! Really? What if all the modders figure out a bunch of workarounds to all these constraints, to all these limitations, and suddenly we realize it's not the engine. Right? We keep saying that. We keep saying, oh, the modders are going to do this. The modders are going to do that. The modders are going to fix this. Well, if the modders can do that, then it is, is it the engine? Is it? How can it be the engine if the engine can be so fixed, so updated, so, so improved by people that don't even work at the dadgum company? Are you trying to say that the Xbox version was earlier in production and as a result, that's why they need Xbox engineers to speed it up? No. No. Eugene, I think the result of the acquisition put Starfield into a earlier in production situation because they had to go back to the drawing board. I think they were like, none of what we're doing is going to work on that system. It just isn't going to. We've got... We've got big, massive planets. We got procedural generation. We've got massive cities with tons of NPCs. We got space flight, space combat, a fully customizable ship. Are you kidding me? This th- none of this is going to work over there. I think they were like, "Yep, that, we're we're basically in early production now. We got to figure out how we're going to get this thing to run on the Series S." And guess what? In walks all these Xbox engineers. They swarmed the place, according to Phil Spencer. You're, you're like you're not swarming a place that's already in production on a game that's that's like rocking and rolling. Like you think what Bethesda just forgot how to make games? Like I, I, I refuse to believe that like Bethesda was like we don't know what we're doing. Oh man, we really need Xbox's help. Like they didn't sound like a couple of people. According to Phil Spencer, they swarmed the place. Again, again, if the modders on PC break down these walls and they prove that this engine's capable of doing a bunch of the stuff that we don't have, like a ton of loading screens, constrained areas, like the the limitations on where you can go, like all that stuff, if they're able to get rid of all that stuff and prove it's not the engine, it's not. There's only going to be one culprit in the room to point the finger at, and you're going to say, it's the Series S's fault. I don't don't know how we can look straight-faced at a game that was this ambitious and this big and this this grand in the way that it was talked about and in the way that they envisioned it, and we're going to look at the way that it turned out and be like, eh, it wasn't the Series S's fault. I mean, we've already seen proof that this thing can't even do split-screen in multiple titles, So, but, 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 but that's, that has nothing to do with it. We're going to really watch what's transpiring with games like Baldur's Gate 3 and Lord of the Rings Minds of Moria and Forza Motorsport and Halo Infinite, and we're going to go, no, no, 
No, no. The Series S didn't have anything to do with Starfield. I just feel like people are in denial at this point. You're, you're literally getting games later on Xbox because of the Series S. You're getting features and first-party games later on Xbox because of the Series S. But Starfield somehow, in its grand ambition, didn't run into any problems on the Series S. I refuse to believe that. It's completely logical to say, no, 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 no. That the major culprit in the room is the Series S. It's the constraint. Major constraint. The pattern is clear. The pattern is clear. And you know what? These will be the most unenjoyable streams I'm going to have to do. I'll be proven right when games like Fable and Avowed and Hellblade come out. Eyes on the horizon. Just keep watching. Keep watching as this plays out. It continues to play out the way that I told you that it would. The Series S is a self-made Trojan horse. You're getting Baldur's Gate 3 late without feature parity because of the Series S. You're getting Forza Motorsport late, missing features and tracks and content. Why? Series S. You're getting Lord of the Rings Minds of Moria late. Why? Because of the Series S. It's just getting started and Starfield is the first of many games that people are going to say what happened to this game it's the first of many there's way way too much of a pattern emerging right now for me to see this any other way there's no other conclusion to come to we're just going to keep saying I but it's but it's fine this is the goalpost shift now if you're not even paying attention you don't even see it the goalpost shift is well the series s runs as good as the x but look at what the x got the series s runs as good as the x yes because you hobbled the game on the series x of course it runs as good as the series x because you hobbled the game over there It doesn't even look 4K. It looks blurry. The textures look dull. Like, it doesn't look like some 4K next-gen game. There are times where it does, but then there are times where it looks like an old-gen game. It looks washed out. It looks blurry. It's like, what's going on? Even John Linneman touched on this in his Digital Foundry video. He talked about how there's very little difference between the two. You shouldn't be able to say that. Do you understand what you're saying when you say that? That there's there's very little difference seen between the Series S and the Series X version? That means you've turned the Series X into the Series S. There's your standard this generation. Let's give a round of applause. You're going to get a bunch of games at 30 FPS, likely, and at graphical fidelity of what you're seeing on the S. You're going to get it on the Series X. That's your That's your standard now. If this is your crowning achievement, if Starfield is it, like, oh, look at this. If this is what Xbox fans and Xbox outlets are going to celebrate, it's like, this is it. This is next gen. Look, Series S is running as good as a Series X. Then the bar is on the floor. It's on the floor. Because this game is not impressive looking at all in the grand scheme of next gen. It just isn't. There are scenes and sequences that are beautiful. But then 
it ends up looking like an old gen game. You're like, what is going on? There's this sharp juxtaposition. You're like, huh? Why do the NPCs look like that? Why does the lighting look like that? I don't get it. It's all over the place. So that's it. This is it. This is your standard for this generation is that the Series X is going to keep getting first party games that don't look any different than the Series S. And the marketing has fully flipped. Fully flipped. It went from the Xbox Series X is designed to play games at native 4K and up to 120, and the only difference you'll see on the Series S is it's going to drop down the resolution. And it's flipped all the way around. Now it's, you get a game at 1440-30, and on the Series X, it doesn't look that much different than the Series S. The textures, the lighting, the world detail, the colors, it looks basically the same. What did I buy this for? What did I what did I buy the Series X for? It's basically a Series S now. If you can't even tell the difference, look at Lineman's video. It's it's barely noticeable. You're playing the Series S version on the Series X. There is no Series X version of Starfield. There isn't. They upscale the resolution a little bit more. (laughs) Wow. That's what I bought three years ago. That's what I bought. Don't you see how the marketing is flipped? Instead of, yeah, you're going to get a slightly lower resolution on the S, you know what we're getting? We're getting a slightly higher resolution on the X. A complete reversal of the marketing. The statements are very similar, but in execution, it's quite damning. It's like, well, what in the world? This isn't next-gen power at all. It's bi- like, because the Series S is basically running games like old-gen performance, and we're basically getting that on the X. With like a little uptick. Like, it literally made me feel it just made me feel a sense of sadness like booting up my ex last night you know what it did it drove me into my office and i installed the game on pc i was like i'm not freaking doing this this is not what i paid for this is not what i paid for the series x is the pro console Like Digital Foundry said, it's the mid-gen update, and the S is the main console. That's exactly right. That plays right into that identity. That plays right into that identity. It's the mid-gen update. The S is the main console. The X is like a mid-gen update. It just gives you a little bit better resolution. I've seen uh, YouTubers with top PCs having res and FPS issues. 
I mean, it's going to depend on your rig. I've not gotten far enough in the game to give you a definitive answer. Um, so, I actually probably should set, set up the game and we should go play. You went in your office and cried. <laughs> went in my office and cried. No, the most telling part about this is, it's like, I, I don't have any major issues with the game at all. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's it's fallen below where I wanted. But when you really look at how the game landed on the Series X, oh my gosh, it's so crystal clear. It's so crystal clear. It was like, what in the world did you guys do here? Th- th- this isn't leveraging anything in the Series X. I'm not getting anything close to what I was promised. I'm getting loading screens every 50 feet. I'm getting 30 FPS. And... It looks pretty sometimes, but overall, the overall feel and vibe of the game, it doesn't feel or look next-gen. You gotta go to very specific environments and take your screenshots, because if you don't, it doesn't look it doesn't look that impressive. It just doesn't. Especially in the areas where there's like a lot going on. It just gets super washed out. It's 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 so odd. It's like everything looks really flat and rigid and placed all of a sudden. Like when I got to the one town, I was like, ugh. I was like, what just happened? The first planet I landed on, you remember the one they showed in the original uh, Starfield showcase where, like, you come walking out of the ship and Vosco comes walking out of the ship? I was like, oh, this planet's looking pretty legit. This is looking pretty dope, right? Well, <laughs> well, you, you, you get done there and you go to the big city and I'm like, wait, where did all that cool detail go? Where'd all that, uh, where'd all the pretty stuff go? It doesn't look that way anymore. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like on, on, on PC. I haven't got that far in PC. I wanted to get out of the opening of the game so we could just jump right into some of the things I want to showcase to you guys, uh, on the PC. That's what I, that's what I wanted to do. Starfield doesn't have DLSS. Well, it has DLSS on PC now because of the modders. You can't do DLSS on a console because of the chips. They're they're not compatible. Oh yeah. Uh, hang on. I need to switch something so that I can. I want to get the game kind of up and make sure everything's good. I gotta make sure the game's good. Yeah, you have to download a mod. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do the mod for DLSS. I'm just gonna play the game as is. I don't like to. Oh my gosh. Sorry about that. Thankfully, it was kind of a quiet song. Okay. Alright, let's do that. Let's make sure there's no... uh, Oops. Make sure there's no updates for it. 
MSI Afterburner is running. Open the game. Yeah, I'm on a 2080 Ti. I have the FPS overlay turned on. Two spot from Richard Rodriguez. Have to start holding the Xbox fan base as accountable as Xbox. I mean, if people, if people want to have low standards, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to call on people to have better standards, but like, uh, it's their life, you know? And again, it's subjective. If you're having a ball with this game, man, go, you go, baby. Go, go, go. Have fun. Play for hundreds of hours. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I had expectations that aren't being met. I had hopes that aren't being met. And, you know. And that's just kind of the way it goes. My expectations were set by the marketing. You know, the the verbiage, the, the footage, the the showcase, the direct, like all the different things. Um, there we go. Look at this game. It's unplayable. I can't even see what I'm doing. Okay. How they announce a day one patch? There was like a patch that already happened. There was like already a patch that happened. So, you know, not like a day one, but like a a day zero. You know what I mean? Because the game wasn't even out yet and it was already getting patched. So. Okay. I owe you guys five members. Okay. It is the 1st of September. Members have been going great. Members have been going great. Um, Javier Cotto had the most gifted members last month with like an insane number. I think it was like three, what was it? 320. Uh, It was, no, no, 383. Just absolutely insane. And then in second place was online MVP at 160. Alex was, Alex Witter was 129. Casual Grinder 121. And Ghost in the Garage Gaming at 110. That was our top five. Uh, Just absolute insanity. Um, Base battles are choppy. I didn't have any issues with the first couple space battles. This is the video Microsoft privated for some reason. Wait, they privated another video? They privated the Series S video. They privated another one? Uh, wait. They set inside the S to private. It's a new... Another video set to private? Okay, I'm going to send this tweet out. Okay. Uh. 
Why can't you fly towards the planets in space, though? I don't know. Guys, do me a favor and hit the like button on this video. It got a little bit more um, spicy today than I anticipated it, but we're going to be heading to gameplay. I'm going to be playing on PC, 2080 Ti rig. Going to show you some of the earlier spots in the game. Give me two seconds, so I'm going to quickly run upstairs. Uh, and I'll be right back so we can dive into gameplay, okay? Do not go anywhere. And do me a favor and smash that like button. We could easily hit 700 likes. I guarantee you there's like 60 people who haven't pushed like yet. All right, I'll be right back.
Okay. Uh, hey. Do, 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 All right. All right, I'm going to post the link in chat. That is where we are headed. Make sure when we get over there, you guys hit the like button. Okay. All right. Pause. The music. All right, you guys can use that link to head to the new video. I'm going to redirect you. If redirecting doesn't work, uh, you will you will be able to go to the main channel, the main like the main page, and it'll be the featured video on the channel, okay? All right, here we go. Thanks so much for checking out some Starfield gameplay on PC. I have the overlay in Steam for frame rate up in the corner. I'm on a 2080 Ti. I have set everything to medium, and that has seemingly helped me out quite a bit with 60 FPS. And uh, we're going to be testing out the game, mainly not really looking for tech breakdown. Uh, We're mainly looking for just how does the game feel, early gameplay, shooting, things like that. I tried it on Series X. I really can't do the 30 FPS. I I tried. So uh, we're very early in the game. I'm going to end the previous stream where I talked about the reviews and my early impressions of the game. And we're going to bring everybody over with a re-